and welcome to a new episode of the Max Show. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by Sergio Vasquez. Hi. Jeff Margifava. Hey. Did I say that too fast? No, it was the more like coughing up an organ before you started it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's why I have a laptop here to hide the pile of organs. Uh, Kyle Hilliard. <laughs> Great. Uh, hey, welcome, everybody. Uh, we are a Patreon. If you're not familiar with that, it is patreon.com slash minmax two ends. Uh, I just wanted to kind of give a lay of the land before we even kick this big episode off uh, and, again, express thanks. It's one of those things that mm. please never let us take for granted the fact that we're basically laying on a bed of nails that is the community, right? It's just like this collective support. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if everybody dropped out at the exact same time, uh, We'd we be would punctured. be, be right. punctured hard. If only one person supported us, we would be impaled <laughs> by their support. <laughs> I think the analogy works. Yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to say thank you. And thanks to everybody that's yeah. helping to spread the word. Like there's still a lot of new patrons coming in, which is really exciting to see. And again, if you support us at any level, you can make the show better uh, by leaving a comment or question or trivia or dare or whatever coming up in the back half of this show. Or also you get access into the discord which again is shangri-la people said that that's the ultimate god's country which is a very interesting take that i guess is fine um so again thank you to everybody we really appreciate thank it you. things have been yeah. great so thank far thank you um and cool things are happening and cool things are coming uh we're working out details on the first community meetup uh, a lot of people are curious about that and that's going to be in minnesota here so come I one so. come all <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I will give uh, details when we have them. Uh, I have a meeting this Friday about a potential space and stuff, so we'll figure that out. Mm. Um, for this episode, we're not talking about Half-Life. I'm very sorry if you're watching the video version of this uh, or absorbing it on Thursday or after that. Um, we're going to have a standalone video on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash binmaxgames, two ends, of course, um, where we'll talk all about Half-Life Probably a reaction video from Kyle and I if yeah. I predict the future. I would like to watch it live and yeah. film my face and overreact. That's what you want, right? I don't think you can do this without being sarcastic, which is why That's I'm, my goal. Mm, I, I'll be, be sarcastic sincere. right now, but I will, I'm going to look for details and get excited. Because the thing is, I'm a big Half-Life story guy. Yeah. Uh, and you're a big Valve guy, I think. Have you ever played Half-Life? Really? I'm a big industry guy. Okay. okay. I, I've played... Half of Half Life One. So you get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, guy no, jumps in and talk. It's fine. <laughs> as a, as a person who owns a VR headset and loves oh, Half Life, interesting. I, I'm excited to see it, and I will not be sarcastic. What if it's, great. it's exclusive to the headset you don't have, though? I'll be bummed. It'd be a hoot. Yeah. Uh, Shenmue Three. We'll quickly touch on. Yeah. Uh, Kyle has some very brief thoughts. Um, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. We've all been playing, I do believe, which is a rare treat. Pokemon Sword and Shield. That should be a blast. Um, Let's see, Kyle, you've been playing Pokemon? Yeah. Okay, you guys haven't started it? I haven't started it, no. Mm. <laughs> Believe this? Been busy playing games to I play know. games. That's great. Uh, we have a lot to say about that, though. Uh, let's see, the Call of Duty Battle Royale leak rumor. Yeah. Uh, I think it's an interesting thing to, to touch on, what's going on with potentially Modern Warfare's Battle Royale. Um, XO19 was last week, so we'll talk about that, talk about Game Pass, oh, Age of Empires 4, of course, maybe Minecraft Earth, and then back after the show, we have some great community... Uh, comments. <laughs> you still, you, there's still a hurdle you need to there jump is. over there. Things that make the show better uh, that people leave on our Patreon page. And again, like, overwhelmed by the amount of support. Also, we should plug, uh, we wrapped up the deepest dive on The Outer Worlds. It yes, was three did. big chunks. We had a uh, last one that went up on Wednesday was breaking down the ending to the game, which is really fascinating. If you have no intention of playing Outer Worlds whatsoever, which, by the way, we all think you should, 
Um, but I think it'd be interesting to jump into that last one because it's a good example just of showing the variety of the game and how many different player experiences there are, multiple endings, all that fun stuff. So uh, that's up on our YouTube channel, or if you uh, if you support the Patreon at any level, then you get access. Or I'm sorry, the five dollar level, then you get access to the audio version. Okay, that's it. Enough <laughs> housekeeping. Let's walk into the house. Hmm? Uh, Shenmue 3. <laughs> Where the bed of mills oh, is. The Shenmue that we sleep on. Real quick, Kyle, you're uh, reviewing You can go this. through every drawer. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I am reviewing it. I'm reviewing it for IGN, which is exciting. Uh, I'm very happy to have, like, an excuse to play the game. Because I do, I worry that, like, like, I would have checked it out for sure. Because I have this weird history with Shenmue 1 and 2. But you would have probably spent, like, two hours with it and been like, got it, we've got to I move mean, on. realistically, yeah. And yeah. then, like, as I'm playing it, like, I mean... It feels like an old game, so there, there, it's you know there are elements of it that are a bit of a struggle. But like, yeah. I'm glad that I'm going through it and experiencing it and seeing where this thing goes. Like, I think Yu Suzuki has been pretty clear that this is not the finale, right? Well, not in his head. Not in his we'll head. We'll see if financially. We'll it's see the if finale. the Death Star blows up at the end, right. right? Like, if there's if there is some sense of of closure in this entry, I'm oh boy. I'm not optimistic. I but, don't think there will be. But yeah, but I'll you'll um. I'll have a review up for it soon. So. Okay. And then maybe we can talk about it more in depth next You week. say it's old. I mean, that is the amazing thing. We've talked yeah. about it, I think, on the MinFacts. We talked about it on the Game Informer show back in the day, you know, a month ago. Um, but just that idea of that team. Like, I went to YSNet Which, before I left and spent a day with the studio. And, like, the conclusion at the end of that was, like, they are they are almost accidentally making Shenmue 3. They are <laughs> trying to take the core of Shenmue 2, make a modern game. But because Yu Suzuki is has such a different mind compared to other people in the industry the yeah. game they're making feels like a game from like 2004ish mm. it's right? still even playing it now this game Shenmue 3 it's still kind of weird like i think about you suzuki like it's he's not a guy that i follow particularly closely or anything yeah but it's like it's it's still crazy to me to think of that he came up with this sort of weird premise and idea for how this game functions and works so long ago yeah like it's still impressive even if it's like feels old you right know? right it's crazy that it comes from his love of games like wizardry oh and yeah, yeah ultima just like early games where you could do anything it's kind of like this it's strangely enough a lot of the same roots as like the immersive sim genre and it's like you can see those threads right just like the game oh. reacting to the player you can have multiple past each objective and I've, so it's weird. i never thought of the immersive sim angle but i can yeah, yeah I can if see you that. plot that chart and that family yeah. tree it's like he was inspired by the same the stuff tree. The Shenmue tree, that's right. Um, so it's a fascinating development, and he's a really fascinating guy. And, like, the overall sense is just at that studio, this reverence for this developer. And, like, hey, he's an oddball. Sometimes he's really tough to deal with. But, like, Shenmue is him. It is his life, right? Yeah, he, yeah I could see that. He's killing himself to make this game. And it's amazing that they pulled it off, and I hope fans are happy with it, right? I just – this is is this really dumb, but YSNet? Yeah. I just realized that's, that's like – you Suzuki, right? YS? Like yeah, I didn't know that until I was probably 100 feet away from the studio. I I've, oh. I've played like both Shenmue's and it was like today that I was like, oh, you Suzuki. I think we all <laughs> yeah. realized that yesterday when Hanson told us that during oh, the you? live stream. Really? Sorry, Hanson's yeah. very distracted I, by the spider that's coming into the shot. Uh, uh, the itsy bitsy spider uh, is finally uh, lowering into the I studio. Thought it was, I thought it was pronounced Your East takes suck. I thought it was pronounced uh, Eastnet, which is, but then. Uh, we had that is, conversation. Is, Were you I, at the stream yesterday? I was Ken? focusing on chopping wood, man. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, but it's capital Y, lowercase s. You're not going to kill that, are I'm you, Hanson? I'm keeping an eye on it. It's right there. Oh, he's going for it. For the audio ah! listeners, oh. Hanson has smacked a spider. Oh, oh, oh. He, was... he threw it in Jeff's mouth. Where? Uh, what other podcast? He just wanted to be on huh? 
That one's for our $10 patrons. You have exclusive <laughs> access to that spider. Uh, a subtle reminder remains. from Insomniac that they were robbed last year at the game of the year. Worth. I don't know how you connect that. Spiders, everybody. We're in a cold, dark basement. <laughs> but if we hit our $15,000 goal on Patreon, we'll have a spiderless studio. Guaranteed. That's right. Oh, guaranteed. Uh, okay, so Shenmue 3 review in the near future. Couple days, yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know, on IGN.com. Yeah. Cool. Now, when people click on that review, does that help support the Patreon in any way, or is that separate? I think it's separate. I don't know. That's cool. a weird question. <laughs> Maybe they'll be like, oh, well, who's this guy? I'll, I'll find out about this. <laughs> oh, my or... God. Yeah, uh, IGN just happens to have an affiliate program with us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sneak a hyperlink to MinMax into that room. I'm sure they will. Yeah, they, <laughs> they won't. They, they won't, won't scrub find that it. Out. It'll be one letter long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I am probably three hours into it. Um, Serial, where are you at? I think I'm like 10 hours into okay. it. Okay, Kyle like Hilliard, where are you at? Uh, an hour and 15 minutes or so. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. I thought you were going to be... I got other stuff to play. I get it. And Jeff Marquefava, ladies and gentlemen. I beat it and found every secret and chest. That's amazing. All right. The real, Maybe... You're Cal Kestis, man. You did it. No, don't say that. That's an insult. Oh, we'll no. get to that. Right. <laughs> what do you think of it? Uh, I... Overall, really liked it, and I really liked it because of the gameplay. The the story I came around to. Um, I, oh no! I think it. No, I think it is a good story. I think there are interesting characters, but my biggest hurdle throughout the game was the main pr- protagonist, who <laughs> is just like such a blank slate of a character, just no personality whatsoever. He's a real. Dope, and it doesn't help within within like the first hour and a half of the game or so when he picks up a guitar and starts playing oh, it on the yeah. ship. It's like, what are they doing? They're making a parody yeah. of well, a Star Wars character. This I way. felt the same way until they explain exactly why he was playing it. It was to explain the you know his yeah. force sensitivity and how he can touch an object. So I through a song. Other ways to do that other it's, than him banging out weird. Wonderwall on his guitar. I, my my initial reaction was the same. I'm yeah. Like oh you guys are, you, what are you trying to do? Last of Us or Bioshock Infinite? But then right. when when Seer came in and kind of explained what was going on because I, I I was much more forgiving of it. Right. You know? Right. Anyway. All right. Let's play our favorite game, which is from. Uh, Red Letter Media and his take. I was gonna bring that up. Were you yes, really? Yes. And his take because on the prequels, exactly what I which thought. is describe Cal without his role or what he looks like. Yes, his personality. Right. How and would you describe it after finishing the game? Yes, the two only descriptions I could come up with are Force Adept, which does not count. <laughs> does not count. And I would say overconfident sometimes, but okay. not not in a way, not like. As a character flaw, like if someone's brash, you know, like that's a personality thing that has a purpose to it that, you know, feels, I mean, you may, it may make you not like that character, but it it makes sense for, you know, whatever their archetype is in the thing. This is just, there there are certain times where he goes into a situation where he's like, I'm going to be the Star Wars guy who saves the universe. Like he, he feels like a plant. He feels like. He is the character that we're supposed to embody, but it feels very much like either, you know, EA or Respawn or Disney's idea of who the target audience is for a Star Wars video game. Right. And so there, like, there's one situation where you are fighting a a big character. It's kind of a like a boss moment, you know, not too far into the game, but like. Y- y- Cal gets his butt kicked through it. He's he gets you know like force pushed through a wall. He's about to die and. 
BD, BD1, your uh-huh. little your, your little droid, he like throws up a force field. You know, he like runs over and activates a console and a force field comes up so that the the bad guy can't get to you. And then like 10 minutes later, you know, the bad guy's taunting you on your headset wireless, you know, whatever, however that works. Star Wars. Star Wars stuff. Why do you yes. answer that call? And, Blue milk tooth. And Cal says, oh, what, you're too afraid to face me in person? And it's like... You just got your ass kicked by this person. Like you got saved by a little droid. Well, he's a plucky young rogue. But he doesn't. He doesn't even come off as that plucky either, or a rogue. <laughs> Not plucky enough it's, to be interesting. It's just like his his spot in the story feels very unearned. And I know yeah. that that was a criticism that people threw at Ray in right. the, in the newer Star Wars games, which I never had a problem with Ray. And I think films. Yeah, I think the difference for me is that he he. Cal doesn't have any characteristics of a hero, you know, like you you could say that maybe Ray shouldn't have had so many, you know, you know, like she shouldn't have been as good at the force or whatever. Yeah. But she felt like a her core person was someone who could be a hero and who, you know, deserved to be a hero. She, yeah. She was self-reliant, you know, she was brave and whatever else. But like, I just don't get any. Any of the that personality. Well, aren't Cal. they trying to do it? Like with the opening scene, and hopefully people don't consider it too much of a spoiler. You've seen a lot of it in trailers, but he reveals that he has the force by mm-hmm. trying to save a buddy. And that's the big hero moment, right? And that's yeah. them going out of their way to be like, by the way, that alien buddy? One of the most human performances of the year. I love yes. that dude. I and, thought it was really good. And that's that's part of the problem, is yeah. that like all the other characters around him are more interesting than the character that you're playing as. Right. He's like a speak been spoken to type where it's like all the characters relay information to him and he's like, I guess I'll go do the thing you just told me to do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel like there's that agency of like, right. well, I have to save the day. Okay. I'm going to figure out how to do that. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to get yeah. to this place. It's like, oh, well, you know, sir, will introduce you to this captain and this captain's going to take you there. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Most of his dialogue feels functional, like of like, oh, I can't get across this gap or like, oh, he beady, here's a hint or like, you know, you get a hint. It's like, oh, maybe this other thing could happen. And mm-hmm. so much, like the entire time I felt like, you know, there was that period where Jesse Eisenberg was seen as sort of like off-brand Michael Sarah. He feels like <laughs> uh-huh. off-brand Tom Holland to me. Tom okay. Holland. Like, oh, yeah. weird. Why Tom Holland? I think similar hairstyle, kind of like maybe similar uh, like facial structure, but it just seemed huh. like, well, like he he is trying to do he's trying to fill a particular role of like, oh, yeah. I'm I'm kind of witty because I'm young, but it just feels like a lot of this a lot of this plot just happens to him versus like like you said, he doesn't have like agencies like I want to be a Jedi, like he was told like, hey, you should be a Jedi and he was like, okay, I guess I'll be a Jedi well, and these also, are the things I need to do. It's very Kyle Business School. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just someone told him what to do oh, and so he just went I think along this with this is why I like him because yeah. he's got red hair yeah. and he's you know it, Kyle yeah. Business School <laughs> it's also a frustrating character in the sense that like everyone else around him is constantly saving his life you know yeah. which, which I appreciate the fact that they don't make him just super overpowered you know like he, he is a well, fallible character okay. I mean he has force powers or whatever but it's like when he goes up against a, you know a person who has much more experience than him he gets his ass kicked yeah, but the weird part of this game's structure is that it's a little bit, in some ways, reminds me of like a Metroid Prime 3, where it's like, I'm sorry, um, Other M, where it's like, all right, Samus, now you have permission to use this ability, right? Because it's structured in a way where he's very familiar with the Force, uh, but he's closed himself off, so he's like remembering throughout the course of the game, like, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, unlocking I all can... of his powers is, oh, yeah, I'm a Jedi, huh? Yeah, and it's, <laughs> what's the advantage of structuring the game that way? You get to unlock the powers one by one. 
instead of yeah. having to go back to the like starting the same area and backtracking there the first time you're there like it's it, it is a, like very artificially built as like a backtracking game where you're like okay I need to go to this area here's all the secrets I have I see this thing that I can't get to but it, the, the environments look suspicious but why can't he learn to wall run for the first time like I don't uh, I think it's just because they do establish him as like I think at his age I think he should have already learned a lot of the Jedi power so they kind of oh, they're kind of justifying it. I don't think he, I think he's past the age where someone could, could teach him like hey you should wall run. And he also doesn't have a functional, you know, teacher to do that stuff. Like Sarah so isn't helping him. No it one would kind of like yeah, defeat the idea of Yoda and Empire being like, Luke, you're too old for the training, right? If like yeah. everybody at that age is getting the training. I, yeah, I mean, it's it's also I see that as just a function of the gameplay where they want you to have a steady sense of progression throughout the thing. If you had all your powers at the very beginning, it would, I think, feel very one note. And no, I'm not and saying I you do, have all the powers. I'm just saying you can learn it along the way. Yeah, yeah I think his oh, question is like, why isn't why isn't someone teaching him before? Versus, yes, no. yes. Yeah. I think I think I would rather have it the way it is than. You collect five Jedi crystals, and then all of a sudden you can wall run it. It's then the kind of the alternative because that they want. Because I yeah. think I think it is. I, we like to call it Metroid. You know, it's like Metroidvania. Right. I mean, I've, my argument is that it's just good game design to like have you be like see something that you want to interact with that you can un- unlock the ability to do so, and then you get yeah. the sort of the joy of doing that. I'd argue it's not good game design to constantly see things that tell that you, say it, no I, to I the player. You, you want to like, go over here, but no. I, but isn't I, it satisfying to? No. Earn the yes. No. I don't know. I, I, to I, me, we disagree give on me this. Breath of the Wild. Give me the yes for everything out of the game. <laughs> to me, the thing is, is that I feel like they dip into that well way too often. Of of like you see, well, for one, one one issue that I have is like you 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 when you get BD one and you have the map, they'll show you like you have four chests to unlock and like one secret, but there will be like echoes you can sense that don't account for that number, which is a like a sin that people should not do, <laughs> and b like. It is over, like, I feel overwhelmed, like, 10 hours in of, like, how many things I'm going to get. Like, just when I get the scomp link, which is a thing they tell me you need to have this, right? It feels so like they did this in a very obvious way of, like, oh, there's cracks everywhere. The map tells you that those are the doors that you're supposed to get. So there's, like, yeah, it makes it easy to come back, but it is very obviously and not organically designed that way. It's broadcasting it too yeah. much. And yeah, and there's also just, like, you know, the basic video game thing of, like, oh, here are these vines that I can't cut through, but here's, <laughs> like, a cut. Uh, I've been cutting through vines this entire game. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but there's a thing around the corner that is, like, very unstable rocks that I know I'm going to force push later. So it just feels like, oh, they're arbitrarily, like, setting up locks and keys that I know kind of fit into this paradigm that they're trying to establish like the, yeah. the whole backtracking thing but it just feels like no like you will you will backtrack when we tell you to it doesn't feel like an, it doesn't feel natural where it's like oh you can see a thing you can you can figure it out later right right and right. uh there are like the spaces i don't think are super well designed like you if um it kind of made me think of mario odyssey you know how like you'd be walking down a path and you'd see like kind of like this like us like kind of uh, suspicious gap somewhere, and you'd be like, "Oh, let me explore that area," and you'd kind of make one jump. And it's like, "Oh, cool!" It rewarded my curiosity. I feel mm. like besides the very obvious instances, there are times where it's like, "Oh, that wa- that wall looks like I can run on it because it's mat like it, it happens to be like creviced the way wa- like wall running walls are." But yeah. then there would be nothing there. Like it, it's not a wall you can interact with. So it's it's it, it is like it makes. You know, Nintendo's design that way stand out because they reward you at every turn. Whereas this feels like either they do or they don't. So it makes it feel very artificial the way that that, you know, part of the game is structured. I hear you. I was surprised pretty early on that you get to choose which planet you go to. I guess I didn't see it as that type of game. I saw it as more 
of the Uncharted mold, and I think as the game starts, it feels so Uncharted, and then at around that point is when it really hit me, you know, what everybody's talked about, you talked about when you're on the cover story trip at GI, but just like, oh, they're going for Dark Souls. Yes. It is shocking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I had that exact same thing, and I, like, must have just forgotten that you and Reiner were talking about that when and you guys got back. we wrote entire features yes. about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With that headline. I was checked out that whole month. Because I was going into it very much thinking mm-hmm. Uncharted Star Wars. And yeah. that first, the prologue really sells that. And then I was like, oh, no, this is Dark Souls. Like, this is Speci- shockingly Dark Souls. Specifically Sekiro, even, I think, right? I mean, you yeah. guys oh, have me. Yeah, because it's so parry-heavy, right? I guess mm-hmm. so, but just the exploration-wise, it is insane and I can't imagine what it, how much of a compliment this is to Miyazaki because Miyazaki's a big old nerd. Um, can you imagine a world where Star Wars is taking inspiration from From Software? Like that is where we're at in 2019 and it blows my mind that one of the biggest media properties in the world can be like, you know what? That tiny company over there relatively in, in Tokyo, they have a good sense of game design and now it's going to weave its way into a canonical Star Wars project. It's just insane. Yeah, and, and for people who don't know much about it like you there are specific spots in levels where you meditate yeah and that, bonfires yeah yeah that resets your health and also resets your health vials that you're carrying around but it also respawns all the enemies right and if enemies kill you you lose all your xp and you have to get back to that enemy and attack them to get it back like that is straight up the dark souls formula it's really shocking, and mm-hmm. the fact that that's so well-known and commonplace in the game industry now, where a company like EA, not even to mention Star Wars, right, can take that. It's like, well, yeah, here's the, here's a mm-hmm. new standard, everybody. It's just infiltrated the industry to that extent. Yeah, it almost feels weird because, like, it feels so at odds with, like, what what they want to do with that as, like, a story because it yes. just feels completely arbitrary to, like, oh, okay, I'm trying to do this thing. I'm trying to, like, pass this trial. I guess I'll go meditate. Like, it feels, it feels extra out of place here in a way that, like, kind of makes me want the more straightforward like uncharted experience because there are moments where it just feels like you're being funneled from one of those segments to the next yeah versus like they're like the areas feel like a, t- a bunch of tunnels that are circuitous but they don't feel open right so you choose one of x number of paths to go down and then you basically come back to a center point by a shortcut and then you go explore the next one is this what all the planets are like because that first branch not to spoil anything but i chose like the darker planet or whatever and i was Bathomir. like oh well, yeah, sure. But I was I was surprised that, like, there wasn't more of a story emphasis there. And I'm like, I wonder if there are more story beats on the other planet, or are they all pretty much just Dark Souls levels I think here? you're supposed to go to Zepho is kind of like the... the yeah. That's where the story was leading me, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there, there is... It does a good job of, like, sprinkling the story throughout. It's kind of yeah. like each one you're going to get a new power, maybe two powers, and they kind of inject story moments into those areas. But, yeah, it's... Like, they give you that choice at the beginning, and it really seems to just, like, no matter which planet you pick, there are going to be places that you can't get to on that planet because you don't have the Force powers from the other planet. But I I, I did like how they sprinkle out the story. I do actually like that. I like that formula, and I like that level design. You do. Because I do do like having the world kind of progress in the same way that your character is progressing. I like being able to get to new places. I like... Kind of having that that slog where you're going through, and then it's like, oh, I now I unlocked a shortcut. I can get back up to here so much faster. That's satisfying to me. Like yeah. that's also why I like the Dark Souls games. And it like the formula does feel very artificial here for to be using that that you know kind of like respawning and enemies and whatnot. But in a way, it kind of works for me just because I think 
environments are so important to the Star Wars, you know, stories too that like I appreciate having such a heavy focus on the areas that I'm in, you know, like, like going really around Kashyyyk and, and exploring Kashyyyk is interesting in a way that it's not always in video games where, where it's just kind of set dressing and you're really focused on just blasting people like here. I'm actually looking for secrets. Some of them are better hidden. Like sometimes it, and especially in the beginning, it's very obvious where, you know, certain things are mm -hmm. that you have to go, but Trying to find those last secrets and, you know, like going around Imperial bases and stuff. I do kind of like that focus. And yeah. it, it's one of those, you know, situations where Respawn just put a ton of time into making sure everything is perfect to, you know, that Star Wars lore. And, you know, like all the visuals are exactly what you expect. But that's still that still works for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm still enjoying it. It just mm -hmm. it, like I can. It's a game where I, I don't know that I would like I kind of had this moment where I was like, it's like, you know, when Joe came back to you and would talk to you about a review. He'd be like, okay, I don't want you to like rewrite it, but I have, I have some, like, there are some highlights that we need to talk through, mm -hmm, right? Yeah. Like that, that is, I would have like a lot of individual points of like with yellow highlights where it's like, <laughs> I want you to change this sentence. Like this doesn't seem like it, yeah. but overall, like he would say like, yeah, you did a good job. I have some notes, mm -hmm. right? Like that's sort of where I'm sitting at with this game where I'm enjoying it and I like yeah. it and I'm having like, e even if I'm kind of like critiquing a lot of the way it's structured, you know, seeing a thing where it's like, oh, I bet I could do this. And the moments where that does pay off of like, oh, I'm using this swing that I was able to do one way. If I go the other way, there's a secret there. Mm -hmm. Like I am still enjoying that. And there's a part of me that it like does want the game to be a little bit more linear, but I am enjoying the, the open spaces and stuff a little bit more. But, you know, there are sort of ways where it's like I, I, I wish it were like kind of a little bit more subtle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I think. um Zooming out, it's always that crazy thing of, well, they did a nearly impossible task of releasing a big, because you said, what, you spent like 30 hours into it? Mm -hmm. Like single-player Star Wars game from EA with no microtransactions. Like, yeah. that is a Hail Mary Single for the player industry. and story-focused, too. Right, know, like, that's yeah. inspired by Dark Souls. You know, yeah. like, it's just an absurd combo that they, they pulled this yeah. off. In and, the same year, by the way, that they released Apex Legends and have been updating that. Right, yeah, no, I mean, Respawn, yeah, I mean, all hats off go to, go to them, for sure. But uh, it's just crazy, too, like, looking at the amount of customization with, you know, you can customize BD-1, you can customize the ship, which I didn't know was going to be in there, you can customize your lightsaber, obviously, uh, and it's like, it's all just tailor-made. You know those EA business people were just For sure. rubbing yeah. their hands when they saw those early designs. Yeah, because it's all cos it's yeah. mostly just cosmetic skins and stuff. And right. I'm sure they were like, oh yeah, $5 uh, for the gold plating yeah. and the lightsaber. I think, I think the lightsaber parts are all parts that you could actually buy at the Star Wars, like, uh, theme park, right? right. Which is right. another cool. thing of just like, hey, you know that that lightsaber you spent two hundred bucks on? You could buy it here in the game, and it's yeah. right. It's it's, it's not in there. It's yeah. also weird because like sometimes like getting a, a lightsaber hilt as a reward for like, oh, I did this weird like intricate puzzle and I figured it out. Oh, here here's a lightsaber hilt that really is just cosmetic. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing, but you know they it makes it serves a lot of like the game's design of like let's have you do a thing for a bonus, right? And I always prefer like I, I like getting the the life bonuses and things like that um, more so than than that but i like that it does have so many opportunities to give you these little trinkets for exploring right mm -hmm. yeah uh speaking of hats off to respawn um where do you guys stand on respawn's cheeky little thing where every time you die it says respawn 
It was I, a little weird. I wish it were automatic. I wish it were. I wish it. It would just say respawn, and and you didn't have to press a button because sometimes I would just sit there waiting for it to to load. <laughs> but I, I get just, it. Oh. But like, it's fun in like a first person shooter, I guess. Like Titanfall, get it. But then in a Star Wars, something about like a third person action game, calling it respawning feels weird. It's, to it's me. nice to have a little stamp on the game from the developer, right? Like a yeah, that's I fine. Like it's just it. I wish I didn't have to. Use a button press to get to yeah. use my sweet button press. That was a, Bungie's thing was always like, we don't ask you to restart in Halo. You just restart. Yeah, you know, like we want the game to be fun enough where you don't. You're just we're just gonna keep playing. So. Yeah, we should talk also real quick that the combat's really good. Oh yeah, we, we that. probably should have brought that up. Sure. We we had a question I think last week on the podcast yeah. from some amazing listener who asked what the ideal lightsaber combat would mm-hmm. be for us and as i was playing i thought retroactively like oh yeah it's dark souls combat like that makes so much sense to me of like there is enough there's enough depth in like the amount of moves you have but then everything else is very timing based and you have to you know like when you get up against a big enemy you're you have your lightsaber and you're kind of walking around them just waiting for that you know like perfect moment that's like very star warsy to me right and they yeah. blink red when it's an impossible to dodge attack. Yes, Very of Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, it's like the yeah. little uh, computer UI. I think <laughs> is the way it yeah. works. They don't really justify blocking because, like, what are you? How are you going to block a lightsaber attack? But you know, sure. I've been I've been enjoying fi- having to figure out enemies like patterns and stuff. Yeah. The windows for counters are friendly, at least on the normal difficulty. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing like, on Jedi Master. So like, I'm, I feel so, like I'm hitting those blasters back consistently. Yeah, which is like nice. that stuff. And then yeah. you know, just the idea of like. Here's a guy with a, 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 a Gatling blaster that you meet on, later on, and you just kind of like blocking everything automatically. Like that's that's your shield basically, is your yeah, own lightsaber, cool. and you just blocking things away. Like that's, I that that's a really cool twist on that formula. Yeah. Um, now I'm um, bad at action games, and uh, I'm horrific at Dark Souls, um, mm-hmm. and very inexperienced in good, it as well. Good. Um, I'm having a real tough time with this game to the point that. I reached a point of saying, "F this." No. Okay. Uh, did you lower the difficulty? Did you lower the difficulty? I don't want to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> no, man, don't, don't be I, like no, ashamed no, of that. You're right. You're right. You so should. I'm on like, Jedi Knight. Yeah. Is that that's right? the easy or that seems normal. like? Yeah, I guess it's normal. It's to easy. It's, I it's like four it's tiers. Like, yeah, it's confusing. confusing. It's, it's like story, then knight, then master, then grandmaster. I want to go to story. Yeah. Just do it. Do it, man. But I feel like I should get better at this formula if it's going to be so important for the industry, and I've been trying to ignore it for so long. Man, just have fun. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, and appreciate the fact that someone actually put out one of these games where you can change the difficulty for once. I get it, but do you have any advice? Because I just I don't want to do the same run over and over and over again. This does feel another thing that I wanted to mention is it does feel like a game where you can learn to play it wrong, or at least like not learn how to play it right, because Mm -hmm. there are some things like blocking and parrying that you can kind of brute force your way through without really, you know, like learning learning how those systems work. Like there there are like giant spider enemies that were really hard for me. I saw one in here. (laughs) That's right. And at one point they, I was in an area with like three of them and it was like, this is like, I'm just getting my butt kicked you know, by these giant spiders. And then I realized that if you actually block one of their attacks, it opens up kind of like a prompt where you can one hit kill them. And it's like, I was, you know, 20 hours into the game at this point because I just always just roll out of the way when things attack me. And it's like, oh, okay, sometimes like you really do want to want to let them hit you, but you're blocking it as it comes in just hmm. to get that parry moment and stuff. Right. And so you may want to look into that. Yeah. I mean, my... <laughs> 
my advice is someone who really str- still struggles with Dark Souls and mm-hmm. Sekiro, but like did ultimately enjoy them. The thing that I had to get over personally yeah. was just patience. I'm not a patient gamer in action games, right? But like, if you just stop when you encounter an enemy and take a second and don't try, like, let them open up the attack. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing I feel like I had to learn when I sort of finally started to embrace that style of game, right? So I don't know. I don't know if that'll help you. But. Yeah. Also, when you get force push, it really helps a lot too. Sure. And, and it's it's very satisfying too when like some of the Inquisitor enemies show up, you know, which are just much, they're just a pain in the butt. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like that Indiana Jones moment where it's like they're getting ready to fight you, and it's just like I'm just gonna push you into <laughs> this ravine, and you're gonna die instantly. Yeah. Yeah. They they do like most of those instances are set up in a place where you can kind of either push or pull someone. Yeah, you can also, mm-hmm. like, very early on, you can slow them down, basically. So yeah. any time you're about to attack, you can... It, it's almost like a free parry that you have limited uh, amount of, where you can just slow them down, get behind them, hit them a couple times, and as long as you are attacking them enough to get back your force, you can kind of keep doing that. Uh, so that that helps. And I've I've been playing on, like, the, the, the one level up from normal, and I, I have been having trouble with, like, am I parrying too early or too late? Because, like, if you you can't mash it, uh, the parry button. So I, I am also having trouble with it, but I'm more kind of, like, into the idea of figuring out, like, you know, I, I'll kill, like, an invader, and if I didn't do it right, I'll be a little disappointed, where I was like, I, I didn't learn how to beat this person properly. I just kind of brute forced it, like yeah. you said. And one of the things... Uh that's cool about the difficulty levels is that it does change the window of opportunity that you have for parries like it hmm. it gets bigger as you go up and i i had started on jedi master and played like halfway and then i switched to jedi knight just because like you know i don't want to always be in fear of dying in a star wars experience you know right like that's that's not the fantasy that i'm looking for in star when wars you're yeah. a literal jedi knight yes yeah, yeah. and so don't feel bad about okay hey yeah. thanks guys yeah i was also playing on grandmaster and it's it feels like that is the thing where it's like oh yeah we want to make it hard like dark souls but they kind of i don't know if they understand what that means because like <laughs> the amount of balance and fine-tuning yeah, yeah because like that it felt like you know i was this was very early on and there's this one side boss that you can fight that's like a giant frog and yeah, on the yeah. grandmaster difficulty that thing anything it does will just one shot you so mm. it felt so and we, there's a long lead up to get to that boss if you die so I had like a really tough like okay I'm doing everything right I'm almost dead and it like and he'll touch you once and it's like okay I'm dead uh, so that was like a really frustrating learning experience so like I don't think like the fact that they do have all these difficulty levels means that they didn't like properly hone each one maybe but i think that the the game gets better if it's a little bit more manageable so i don't know that like the hard part of the dark souls formula is the thing you should take away here right for sure uh game of the year contender for you jeff uh you know <laughs> that's Powering tough down. i mean it's up there but it still comes back to it i mean like this is, without a doubt, for me at least, one of the best Star Wars video game adventures that sure. I've had. But it feels like an adventure where your mom gets to pick your play date that goes along with you, you know? <laughs> like Beyond Seer, like, Kyle himself? Yeah, I just, I just, it doesn't feel right to have this be the character that I'm playing as because he's so forgettable. And it's like, like 
two or three hours in, like I literally forgot his name, and, and I went and I went into the menus. You know, and was like reading things. Uh -huh. and I was like, "Oh right, that's his name is Carl." And, and, and then Justice. I and then I was like, "Nah," and, and I, you know, it's because the fonts are smaller. Or whatever. Uh -huh. and it's like, and it's actually Cal. But I was like, "No, actually, like Carl the Jedi makes sense for who this character is. It just feels like this random person who got yeah. pushed in, and then like." Everyone else around him is like, okay, we're going to help you get there. We're going to risk our lives oh to make God. sure that you're the one who gets to save the galaxy. And that just feels kind of artificial to me. Right, for sure. I want to know, do you have a ranking? Like, personally? Like, in terms of, of like, what oh, so the far? greatest yeah. Star Wars like, games? Are you, oh. Because KOTOR is generally considered yeah. the best, right? Yeah, and I think I would say KOTOR, yes. Still, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, also, there just they're aren't that many games. Star Wars games, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, only even an hour in, just like third-person action game with combat that I like and wall mm -hmm. running that reminds me of Prince of Persia. Like, if it stays like consistent, like I could see it being like my favorite. Star and Wars like I game, said, I hundred percented it. So yeah, you know, like I, I really enjoyed it. I did enjoy the story. There are some really good parts towards the end, like story stuff and also gameplay stuff that I really appreciated. It's just. Again, one of my yellow highlight notes is mm. I'm I'm not fully yeah. on board with the main character. Story-wise, it kind of falls in that tricky camp where it takes place between episodes three and four, but it falls in that same camp as like Shadow of Mordor, where like his objective in the game is one of those things of like, well, clearly I know this isn't going to go well. I know you're not going to take out Sauron here, buddy, right? Unless there's some more secrets in the Star Wars universe that I understand yeah, at this point. As you know, I'm from the Mandalorian spoiler cast that we did. I'm yeah. an expert on Star Wars history. Like the whole time I was like, I don't I don't know where this takes place oh, and really? I don't really care. You know, like I can kind of piece together where it is, but it's, right. it's mostly new characters. and Yeah, yeah. It, don't let it bother yeah. you too much. Thinking of uh, other Star Wars games, you know, be a fun trivia game is Star Wars video game music trivia. Um, mm. Here's a slice of just, you know, John Williams wannabe number 412 in this Star Wars video game because the music, it's... It's Star Wars enough, but even throughout this entire game, it's just like, just stop. I just can't have any more people trying to mimic so many things from John Williams' score. It'll mm -hmm. drive you mad. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's the twinky little part. Here's the... It's like, okay, I got it. I got it. It's well, what, Star Wars. What would you want, though? What's the alternative? I don't Skrillex, know. Something, you know. Yeah, Skrillex. Like, something a little bit different. Even like... Just that opening song throughout the whole game. Kind of. <laughs> no, I think a lot about like the solo soundtrack, which I probably talk about way oh, too sure, much, sure. but I think that takes a lot of different beats and okay. has a different sound than just the standard John Williams outside of the solo theme, which was composed by John Williams, but you know. Mm. So that's fine to, answer. Feel free to go for a little something different, mm. you know? Real quick, have you guys had any like performance issues? Because... I don't know. The people have been talking about that as a, I saw as a your sticking tweet. point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened? Oh, no. There, that, that, I wasn't even referencing that. I just had like a weird one of those spider enemies kind of like shifting in and out of the environment very quickly. Um, but I've been having a, like some slowdown on, on PC, but I just feel like that's maybe my system not being able to handle it. I don't know how you guys were on consoles. Yeah. I've been playing on Xbox One X and it crashed on me twice. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know. Like, the save system is good, so hmm. I didn't really lose any progress or anything. Yeah, I had a I had a crash on PC, uh, playing on Steam, or just crashed mm -hmm. the desktop. I'm like, what the hell? That's not gaming, <laughs> I said. So, you know. Okay. There yeah. you go. <laughs> a little crashy. Uh, are you going to keep playing? Maybe? Uh, I'll try bumping it down and try not being a big, fat, fake gamer boy with this thing, but... 
Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I also, do you have? I, I was asking Jeff about his ranking. Do you have like a? Oh, I'm not. You're like not like a big, big Star Wars yeah, guy. Yeah, so right? it's like the, the number one with a bullet, baby. <laughs> you're not a big Star Wars guy. No, no, okay. no in general. Uh, I like watching it, but I'm not like you know. I, I didn't necessarily grow up with it the way a lot of people yeah. did, so it's not like oh, that's Boba Fett, guys. He's yeah. my favorite. You're telling me you've never said the iconic sentence, oh, that's Boba Fett, guys? <laughs> yeah. I find that I mean, we very saw, hard to believe. We went and saw Solo together at yeah. E3. And, and I had fun with that. And like, you I kept leaning it. over and you're like, who's who's on Solo? <laughs> <laughs> who's that guy? Is he the Connect Star important? Wars guy? <gasps> oh, that's Donald Glover. Is he important? Yeah. Um, I like that part where, he, where Donald Glover was in it. That's cool. <laughs> My Pokemon favorite Star Wars character. Sword and Shield. <laughs> Callie Hilliard, how much have you played? Uh, f- I've, like five hours, I think. Okay, great. I'm like under that. that. Yeah. Uh, I'm around like the three hour mark yeah. or so. Um, Who are you starters? Uh, Grookey, because he has a drumstick. Uh, Sabal, because he's sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, that was very fun, though, starting out. I don't know what the evolutions look like. Like, I really yes, am happy I don't either. That, yeah. that the Pokemon Company and Game Freak overall kept that a little bit closer to their chest this time around. Yeah. I didn't put it on the back of the box or anything. And so it's just like this great mystery of like, I am leaning Sobble. It could be a disaster. And then I got to level 16 and said, okay, let's see where this goes. I still <laughs> I, don't know where it's going. I had the exact same reaction with Drew. I was like, oh, okay, this is the adolescent uh, years. Let's see if you... Do you yeah, exactly. I mean, I've seen them, but do you uh, want me to... I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to okay. know. I don't want to know. Uh, I was even going to capture a bunch of gameplay for like the B-roll and the video version of this podcast, and I was like, "Oh, I don't want to do it because I'm using like the middle evolution for Sable. Oh, I don't sure. want to spoil mm. it for folks. I'll just I'll go back to go score bunny when stuff. I do it." Yeah, my wife, yeah. my wife and kid both picked um uh, 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 uh what's the rabbit's name? Score bunny. Score bunny. So I haven't seen. I've seen their evolutions. You're not actually here right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, right. I'm sorry, man. Uh, but I haven't seen Sable's at all. So it's, okay, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the designs overall, uh, I think there's. Some solid designs out of the gate. I love Rookity. I love the name. I love the idea of a Chickadee-inspired Pokemon out of the gate. Yeah. Yamper. Really... Yamper's good. Yamper's solid. I think he was kid... revealed beforehand, though, right? We he saw was. Yamper. Yeah, yeah. E3. Um, but it's nice to have an electric type that early, too, which is always one of those that it takes me a while before I'm yeah. settled on my electric type. But it's like, all right, Yamper, you're in the roster for a while. Nixit, which is like the dark the fox. fox. Right? Yeah. 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 Cool look. You know, it's like full pixels already out there and stuff. But for another fox, I like the tail and the weird black balls around the edge of it. Yeah. Um, Is there like a Bidoof, like a rat attack kind of like, oh, here's the form of like that I gave you. You can catch a, it if like you want. Yeah, yeah okay. with a very impossible to remember it's nice, name. It's nice, to have, it's nice playing a Pokemon game. I, I don't know why it feels like it's been a while since I've played through a Pokemon game with like where I don't know the Pokemon. Yeah, I think Sun and Moon must have been the last one, but then I played Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Well, sure. But like, so, but it feels like weirdly fresh. Like it's I don't know if it's just because I'm going in more blind than usual on this Pokemon. I think game. also they've been really conservative with marketing, yeah, which is good. Like yeah. I think it's paid off because it is like I'm using that screenshot button a lot. Where I'm right. just like, oh, look at this weird thing. You Get know? a load of this freak. Yeah. Do you think uh, it has to do with like the pitch for Sun and Moon being like, okay, we're changing a lot of things because please buy this 3DS game when the Switch is out. It's about oh. to come out next year. And this mm. is like, it's Pokemon on Switch. You guys are going to you know, buy it. Whatever. I think the other thing about Maybe. Sun and Moon is there was still a focus on first gen. Okay. Because it was a lot of like Alola versions of first gen. So I think that's right. why this is a little more exciting to see so many new faces. A whole new region. Yeah. yeah. Except for uh, Choodle. The. Just dopiest looking turtle in that starting area. <laughs> I hate Choodle's design. He looks His so evolution dumb. Is cool though, I think. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. We got a good Choodle on the road. Yeah, keep your Choodle around. Damn it, I gotta keep my Choodle around. <laughs> um, okay, design wise, uh, what else do you think about it, Kyle? Are you enjoying it so far? Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it a lot. Like, okay, because you seem to be on the fence about whether or not you're ever gonna play it. Yeah, I was, and I, I I'm glad I started. I, I'm liking it more than Sun and Moon. I really yeah. like the wild area. Like it's still not, it's not, you know 
open world Pokemon. It's really not, uh, but it's a step in that direction, and it's cool to walk around and in, and uh, encounter like really powerful Pokemon. But, yeah, and it's like I I read Brian Shea's review for Game Informer, and this mm-hmm. was one of his big complaints about the game, and I absolutely agree with him in that it is very frustrating that you can't even attempt to catch those things. It's, it is it seems kind of silly. It is a slap in our face. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely had that too. Where there's so many steps, I think, in the right direction, the starting hours of this game, where it's like okay, a lot of just simple quality of life things, like being able to swap Pokemon without being next to a PC, stuff like this. You can turn off the prompt to, for nicknames, which I was really happy about. Right, right. Also. <laughs> you have the option for the first time of like skipping like tutorials on the Pokedex. Yes, I don't know yeah. how long these things are, but there's a couple little sequences where it's like, oh, the option to skip a tutorial in a Pokemon game? My God, this is a lifesaver. Yeah. And then even like, you know, there were some sections early on where it's like, what is this? I actually, I have to use a potion on my main? Like, it's for the first 15 hours of the last several Pokemon games, I feel like I don't need to use items whatsoever. Oh, like it's a little more challenging than you expect. I would not say challenging, but at least like, you have hey, to use a potion. I have to use a potion. This is notable in the starting hours of a Pokemon game. And then you get to the wild area and it's like, oh my God, there's an Onix. This thing's going to be stacked. Go up against it. I'm level 12, maybe 13, something like that. Yeah. Onix is level 26. I was like, this is awesome. This is what I want from a Pokemon game. Then <laughs> you start to see through the cracks and it's like, okay. He's only using stat effect moves, so I don't know how rigged he is and if it's like a plant out of the gate. Yeah. And then it's like, well, it doesn't matter. I can catch this mf This is going to be great. And then, oh, no, you can't catch it. Uh, it's too high of a level. Yeah. Which is like, that's the point of the gyms is that you can catch them, but you can't control them. Like, they already have yeah. a way to gate you for that. So why add this new soft arbitrary thing? I Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think it would break the game in any way at all. Um, for you to get those Pokemon. Instead, early. it just says it won't let the guard down. Like, what the- other, other than their insistence, which is uh, is interesting to me because uh, my kid is really getting into this game, which oh, is good. like exciting for me because she. I mean, I know I talk about her a lot, but like she doesn't really like video games that much. So huh. it's like been cool to see her playing this, and like she needs those tutorials. You know what I yeah. mean? She like I I think. I think that's why it's that way. It's for young players. They don't want them to catch Onyx and be frustrated that they can't use it and not understand why. You that's, can have a tutorial explaining that you need the gym I'm badge not saying, to I'm not saying it. it's like good. I'm not saying I want it to be that way. I'm, th- I'm guessing that that's their perspective on it. You that doesn't I mean? make sense. They can just do one more tutorial explaining the basic concept that's been in there since the beginning of Pokemon. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, agree. wouldn't your kid be more frustrated, though, if they actually beat the enemy expecting to be able to catch it and then they can't catch it though yeah and she had that frustration like she she was getting stuck in those situations and i had to like look over her shoulder and be like okay here's what i had to explain mm-hmm. it to her because i had already figured it out so like i don't i'm just i'm trying to think of why they would have done that because you're there's a there is a system in place yeah. to make the game not break right. for you to have a high level pokemon early but right 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 it's it's weird it's know. weird uh beyond that it's so bizarre as well how it's a hybrid for all environments. I thought it was just going to be the wild air, but beyond that, of there's still tall grass. You can be randomly attacked in it, but then you also see a lot of the Pokemon out in the wild, and then you can also whistle to make them come towards you. It's just like, yeah. again, these layered systems where it gets to the point of, hey, I think there's just no point in having tall grass anymore, which is fine. Take that step and evolve as a series. Yeah. You don't need it. And so it's bizarre they're still combining I mean, these. Am I missing something? Because like I thought... I remember being very disappointed when they showed that you were still getting jumped out at in tall grass. Like jumped that was, out at. Jumped out at in tall grass. Mean? Random attacks. Yeah, like yeah. just walking through the grass, random attacks. Like they took that out for Hey You, Pikachu, and Eevee, which was very exciting. Right. And then and then like it Let's seemed go, like they the re. Oh, what I say, Hey You. Yeah. Uh, then they they it seemed like they reintegrated it here in early trailers. But then when I'm actually playing it, I'm like I'm seeing a lot of Pokemon on the grass. This is great. 
Like yeah. It, so it's just in the first trailer they're. I think it showed a Pikachu in the very first trailer yeah. attacking you. So I remember us talking about that, and the video was like, "Oh, it looks like they're going, they're going back to random that's, encounters." That's what the internet and then assumption the was, wild yeah. area. It was like, "Oh, they're actually showing them there." But then it wasn't until I was on the cover story trip where I spent a day at Game Freak, yeah, uh, and realized talking to them that like, "Oh no, I guess it's gonna be this weird fusion." So you're still being randomly it. attacked, yeah, out there. You love the fusion, yeah. I I want to see Pokemon. Like I just I, don't... I understand that, but then Wait, why are you still being have... randomly attacked? K- kind of. You, th- yeah, that's like, still okay. a system in the game. Yeah, but like you can you can avoid it better. You see them in there. You can if I see the Zigzagoon no. that I want to catch, he's in the grass. I, and I, can no, grass. I, mean, yeah, I don't true. think anyone will argue against the fact that it's better to have the Pokemon to see the Pokemon. But yeah. uh, like, are you okay with them also randomly attacking? That's you? the weird oh. twist that I'm getting at. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Why do it though? What's the no. point of grass at, at all anymore? Yeah, like, like you, you would prefer just... that like there not be any random any. Yeah, I just want to see right? all the Pokemon. And, right. and I got walk that. I got okay. that. I'm just saying it's all, a messy we're all system here? as it is right now. Yeah, taking this half step, keeping the You're telling there, me, yeah. <laughs> but I, but if you can see the Pokemon, then you can avoid them, right? Yeah, correct. So is it just that they want to have areas where you can get ambushed? Yeah, and like be forced to fight. I guess so, just to try and make sure so you're annoying leveling up. It's not annoying. Like, like I don't mind the random encounters. I just think it's an unclear system right now. Which seems like, unnecessary in 2000. Yeah, because it's also like, it's just a weird thing because you can see them in areas. You can lure them outside of the grass, which is weird to see in a Pokemon game. Uh, but then also in the grass, there's also exclamation points that'll pop up. But then also if you avoid those, then you can still be randomly encountered. It's a weird thing. Mm. Um, there's a lot of weird details in this game overall. And like it's bizarre now to look in retrospect at Pokemon Sun and Moon and be like, hey, that game, we're all kind of annoyed by how much it holds your hand. Like, That was the weird one, ladies and gentlemen. That was them getting the furthest away from their comfort zone, just the way yeah. the gyms worked in that game. There's so many odd details in Pokemon Sun and Moon. And now with the Switch, the way they were phrasing it is they wanted to make... With first entry on the console, real entry, new entry. They wanted <laughs> to kind of. There's always that ask. It's a right? weird one, but like we want to go back to basics to some extent. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people online are frustrated, but like it just feels so standard. Even though they are making these small steps in the right direction, I totally get it. It and looks a little different, but it still fe- it plays pretty standard. Is right. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and I mean, several people left comments on comments on Patreon talking about this. I know it's a, a talk of the internet as well, but I think it is totally fair to be frustrated with Game Freak. I've been to the studio multiple times now, interviewed those guys for hours, and it's still playing this game. At times, I want to pull my hair out of it. It's like, this is the biggest media property in the world. This will be one of the best-selling games. Already is, I believe, right? The best launch for Switch, period, I think. Okay, but still, I mean, it has even a chance, if you combine them, of beating, like, Call of Duty this year, you know? It's just going to be a juggernaut. And this is the level of production we get? Like, sure. no VO, there's still the weird pop-in. It's just frustrating on so many levels where it's like, if you just took the amount that this game makes and put it in another ecosystem with other developers that aren't so beholden to the past, you can make something cleaner. And they had years to make this thing. And I'm not saying, like, lazy devs or anything. They're working their yeah, asses no. off. It's just a small team, right? They're in a certain rut, right? And it's tough to get out of that groove. And even when they're taking small steps to evolve, just little things that are like, First of all, the music, it's solid, but I think just the quality, it's like just, it'd be nice to have an orchestra at this point. It's 2019. But then at the same time, Pokemon cries. Like, I know that Masuda loves the old school Pokemon cries because he created them. Yeah. And when he's the producer and he's running the show over there, obviously he's going to have some callbacks. But it's just a mess now because 
Popular wisdom is that Pokemon only say their names. That's only in the anime. They've never gone near it in the games outside of like, let's go. They had Pikachu and Eevee kind of make different sounds, right? It's just a jumbled mess where they still do these gross, old, archaic, somewhat digitized cries. But then they also have speech bubbles for like cat-like <laughs> Pokemon that say meow. And it's like, just get on the same page as yeah. a brand for what sound these stupid Pokemon make for yeah. the Christ. Yeah, I mean, that stuff bothers me less, but I, I I think what you were kind of getting at a little bit at least is like the sort of uh, lack of technical proficiency that they seem yes. to always continually be like coming up short on. Yeah. Like it's just like technical shortcomings. They're not problems. They don't really draw the experience down that much. Right. But it's kind of like, the the shadows and characters are popping in here like that's you don't have you can't you can't make the draw distance a little further for these characters and stuff like and you that, know you know I, when they're on this relatively tight turnaround of having to get these pokemon games out the door i understand it but it is just it's to the point where it's absolutely fair to be frustrated by this stuff I mean, they had to save their entire budget for Luigi's Mansion 3, right? The most immaculately produced Switch title to date. <laughs> it, looks, it looks good. And, like, there's parts of this game that do look good, right? I mean, yeah. just having it on the TV, there's little details like, oh, you know, seeing the posters in the houses and stuff like that. Like, yeah. there's more detail packed into this thing than I would think. The Switch in the bedroom looks like a Switch. It's an amazing Switch. And did you see that awesome thing, too, where the Switch in the bedroom, if you change your Joy-Cons on your actual Switch... It matches the color oh, really? of your physical Joy-Cons, oh, that's, that's which is cool. like in real time, mm. which is such an awesome little touch. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it is frustrating. And like, I know people are upset about the Pokedex, and that's yeah, that's fair as well. I'm in the camp of I'd rather play with a bunch of new ones. It's not the end of the world for me. But yeah. it is just like, God, I know Game Freak is trying their hardest. It's just at some point, if I could snap my fingers and have it developed by a separate team wholly within Nintendo, I yeah. think I would snap my fingers at this point. Yeah, I, I think that's one Until of those... Okay, I, I, I think we, like, you see that with a bunch of different developers where it's like, it, it's very easy for us to be like, well, this game made a million dollars, you know, like billions of dollars, so, like, now they can do something big, but I, I kind of understand it, like, maybe it's not the best way to go, but I understand when a developer gets really successful like that, that they don't want to just, you know, hire an, an extra hundred people to make the next big one. You well, know, that's exactly, there, there's, yeah. There's kind of that that drive of like, oh, you know, like this is the team that made it. We like the people that we're working with. We want to continue doing that. You but know? I think that's exactly the same situation that you ran into with like Bethesda Game Studios, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Where it's exactly. like, hey, we have a bunch of old timers out here in, in Maryland. We're going to keep this rolling. And then you go from Oblivion to Skyrim. It's like, that's oh, a buggy mess. What are you going to do? Let's make Fallout 4. Oh, it's a buggy mess. What are you going to do? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I know at some point you need to embrace and, the and size as, of your yeah, franchise. And as fans, we're... <laughs> Sorry, there's just another giant, bug. Giant insect. Throw a Pokeball at it. I thought it's supposed to be, like, <laughs> cold now. But Hang on, I'm going to go kill this insect. It is cold, which is why they're all coming in. Yeah. Yeah, studio size. You were yelling about that, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> yes, but that that is, like... And I think that every time I play Bethesda game of just, like, come on, man, like... Hire more people that know that can actually yeah. get around this, you know, hurdle. But I get, can see get perfect. the guy whose specialty is not falling through the world. That, yes. that guy's or, out there. Or you know, like specializes. I, I guess to <laughs> yeah. I guess to Bethesda's credit, like they have done that, where it's like, I think for Fallout Four, they brought in someone from like the Destiny team or something to oh, help. Such with, an easy marketing the gun like, Now the gun's going to be good because yes. this guy yeah. worked on guns. Like, yeah, okay, but, but it's like sometimes it's like a you Todd just. Howard impression. <laughs> 
as as fans playing the game, we want the the big overhaul, you yeah, know. Right. And I I can appreciate you know when a studio wants yeah. that. Well, well, yeah. I mean, talking to Game Freak while visiting the studio for the Game Informer cover story, that was an interesting message. Is like from when we were out there in 2017, Kyle. Mm-hmm. There were like a hundred people. Now they're around 200 people. They still have a lot of outsourcing and contract out with you know different folks to help with the game overall. But yeah, it's like realistically, you look at a team like the Destiny team, which is, what, over 500? It's like, compare the sales of those games. It should be insane. But it is just Masuda and kind of Game Freak's weird indie roots, where they're like, we want to keep this small, we want to keep it manageable. Uh, Masuda made the comparison that he's like, it's like a, it's like branches off a tree. You want to keep the tree nice and pruned and sharp just so everybody's aligned and on the same Mm -hmm. page. Otherwise, if we have to explain what Dynamax is to 400 different groups of developers like it's going to be a disaster yeah. it's going to fall apart and I understand that the downside of that is that it's not as ambitious as some fans would want mm-hmm. at this point but it's like well got to give credit to Game Freak they're the ones stoking the fires they created this stuff anybody like Masuda that wrote as much amazing music uh, as he has like I'll let him do whatever he wants with Pokemon I guess yeah let's yeah. snap my fingers yeah and and it's it, I think it's especially frustrating with them because the Switch came along and it's like, okay, now the handheld is the console. No like way they out, you have to make the console game. Yeah. It's like, uh. yeah, I guess. And, yeah, overall, it is that feeling of like, hey, we kind of had it with Let's Go. Like, is this it? Is this the console RPG we want? It's like, well, not quite. Just wait, wait for this next version in that direction. And then this yeah. version's out. And as I'm playing it, it's like, is this what I've wanted for the last 20 years of being a Pokemon fan? It's like, I. I guess it's close enough. I just I wanted that big moment of where I can pop a champagne bottle and say yes, the console RPG yeah. that I yeah. always wanted. She re- after you walked around the wild area a little bit, you like corked the bottle back and you're like, eh. I know I popped it. It was just flat. Yeah, <laughs> so the cork I just kind of dribbled out. All of that being said, I I which I agree with you on all those points, but like I'm still really having a good time with it. Like I I'm like weirdly yeah. Like I love the game too. Yeah, I'm like I'm liking it more than I thought I would. Like yeah. I really because I I guess because even if it's incremental, it still feels like a step forward, even if it's a small step compared to the past. And like it's it's been awesome to watch my kid play it and like truly embrace it and really get into it. And it's right. like and that's. Because, like, she hasn't really done that. She's only recently started reading and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And to, to like... Her first sentence she read was Game Freak Lied, right? Yeah, that's okay. right. <laughs> she started reading Dexit, and... she was talking about. She started reading and you knocked the book out of her hand and said, play a video game instead. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, is that... Is that bad parenting? No, 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 that's no? good. You're okay. doing it, But it's just, it's been, it's been funny even, like, little things like, like, she was forgetting every single move. Sorry, every I was Every time pretending. Hanson looks over now, it's like, what no. terrible insect is behind <laughs> me now? Scanning has just become EDF in the studio <laughs> now, just waiting to see where bugs are coming from. I'm sorry, you're talking about your yeah, daughter. Which I know, I know, annoys you, but this is like, it this, it's, it's like annoying. A, it's, it's just annoying. <laughs> this is, like, an interesting time for her, and it's, it's like, fun, it's fun to to sort of teach her Pokemon. Like, both my, my yeah. wife had to go through this big process last night because she didn't fully understand how, like, forgetting moves works. Mm. So, she, like, she was, like, way into the game and only had, like, one fire attack. For I'm still scoreboard. confused by that. And, like, yeah. so we had to, like, we, like, had to, like, sit down with her and be like, okay, we're going to go to the Pokemon gym. We're going to get a bunch of your moves back. And then she was just, like, flabbergasted because she was so powerful and she was just ripping through everybody. Right. And it was just, it was super fun as a parent who, like, knows this franchise and, like, to see her, like, get into this game in a big way. And it, it happens to be that this is the one where it's happening. And Fine. It's, it's Jeff and I will adopt a kid already. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Together. What's Together. the, um, <laughs> the, uh, are you annoyed as well by the YCOM stuff? 
where it keeps showing up in the screen. Yeah. I can't find a way to turn it off, but it wants me to just like send stickers where it's like, hey, I like uh, it Ben theory. caught some turds. Like, what? I don't want that on my screen. I like the idea of knowing like like what you're doing, what you're catching. What? Like, That's like... what the game is for. What do you mean? No, but I mean, like, I, like I love looking at other people's achievements when I'm playing a game at the same time. Just it's like, oh, how, how far are they compared to me? Yeah. Like, I like that stuff, but like, it it is like way overbearing. It yeah. feels like it's like it's like I want if you give me the manual choice to go check in on my friends list and be like, oh, what's this guy doing? What's Ben doing? What's yeah? You know, what's my wife doing? Like, that's cool. But to just be like thrown on screen constantly is kind of like, I don't think I need all this Maybe stuff. there's a way to turn it off, but I, I certainly can't find it. And yeah. for a game that I realistically just want to play a lot by myself, maybe I'll eventually experiment and, and battle other people and stuff. That's the point. Um, but I haven't gotten to there yet, so I just yeah. want to ignore just that for now. turn off Wi-Fi, maybe? Airplane mode? Maybe. Yeah. Wi-Fi? It could be. Um, all right, let's give you the Cal test. How would you describe the character of Hop without describing Obnoxious. <laughs> okay. He's, He's a, a real go-getter. He's At a... least that's a personality. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Lee. Yeah. His big He's old around buddy. a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's always wanting to fight you. I like the detail of, like, the professor's granddaughter or daughter? I think it's granddaughter. Uh, yes. Okay. Spawn, we'll say. Sure. <laughs> but I like the idea of she's like an adult and she's also being kicked out of the house the same time that like you 10-year-olds are going on your first <laughs> yeah. Pokemon adventure where she's like, so it's like this weird discussion where it's like, oh, I guess even adults have to get kicked out of the house sometimes. So uh, she's like, I guess I'll journey with you guys and try and figure out what this dog is. Uh, I hope that's Detective Pikachu too, is like following a 10-year-old getting kicked out of their home and mm. like making a life for themselves. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh so yeah, I'll finish it. I mean, yeah. it is it is comfort food. I'm I'm happy to be playing it. It was a wonderful day of listening to a lot of impeachment hearings and playing Pokemon <laughs> like this is perfect. Time and a place, well, baby. Well, that's why you're all riled up about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh quid uh, Pro Pokemon Are you doing Go. A, a bug scan? Is this what you're doing? No. Uh Qu- Call of Duty Poke Pro. <laughs> quid Poke Pro. That's good. Call of Duty, uh, so this uh, wonderful data miner on Reddit goes by Cinescalo. Uh He dug through, apparently, Modern Warfare, um, and he is to be believed because he also leaks the multiplayer maps, which now they're trickling out, so everything's with a big grain of salt. Right. But it certainly seems like the inevitable is happening, happening and Modern Warfare is getting some sort of battle royale in the future. He says early 2020, which is interesting, um, but it's really confusing exactly how it's going to be released. Like, if it's going to be part of Modern Warfare, if it's going to be a standalone thing, I'm guessing it's probably a fusion of the two. Uh, I would certainly hope that it's part of Modern Warfare. You in think? Some, in some way. It, what, I mean, are you talking, like, whether it's going to be paid or just in something that they're adding to the live services? I think so, yeah. I mean, also, whether they make a standalone version of it, of, like... Is it going to be a free to play free to play version? Probably, and then maybe if you mm. own Modern Warfare, you can launch it from Modern Warfare's menus, but then also have some advantages if you've actually paid for Modern Warfare, like you get some custom skins or something like that. Sure, that seems like a good middle that would ground, be right? Interesting, just to try and be better prepared for the future. Uh, even though Call of Duty already launched their battle royale uh, this year, another one besides Blackout with uh, Call of Duty Mobile. Oh yeah, did you play that guy extensively? The, I reviewed that game for IGN. Really? The Battle Royale version too? Because yeah, it I took mean, a while to get to that. Uh, not as long as you think. Oh, really? Because like, I think it's like level, I don't remember what the level was, but you get there really quick. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that Call of Duty Mobile is solid. Like it's and Really? The, yeah, yeah. I started it. <laughs> I 
played a lot of it. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to weigh my opinion a little uh, heavier than yours. Sure. <laughs> you probably mm. play more mobile games too, though. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Okay. But I, no, I, th- I think the Battle Royale is like a fully featured Battle Royale. Like the, yeah. the big sort of hurdle for that game is playing it on a phone. You know, like the touchscreen controls are not great, but like right. <laughs> the basic way you're controlling, interacting with the yeah, experience but I mean, sucks. Like it, but but the sort of like the way it functions, the way it looks, the, the sort of interactivity you have with it, and like using items and finding things and the size of the map, like that yeah. stuff did not feel pared down for mobile. Right. So right. I was impressed with it. Sure. Uh, so what's leaked about this version yep. is 200 players. Which, you know, everybody knows, the more the merrier. Mm-hmm. It'll change the game significantly. The better the servers. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, all the other ones are 100, right? Right. At this point. Blackout eventually worked its way up to 100. Yeah. Although there are some games that have, like, 60, and they're like, yeah, that's close enough. Battle Royale, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> you can't it, it really is. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, Apex Legends, yeah, it's totally fine. Um, the fun thing, the most interesting detail is here, it's like, okay, it's also, it's pulling areas from, like, Spec Ops missions and stuff like that. But the respawn system, apparently, it's based on respawn tokens. And this is uh, from Cinescalo on Reddit here. He says, after one use, respawn tokens are disabled for the player. To respawn a teammate, obtain a respawn token, then drop their body near an ambulance. (laughs) Once the body is dropped at the ambulance, the player will enter the gulag queue for a chance to win a 1v1 and respawn into the match. Which is a very fun little system. this is American Healthcare. That's (laughs) right, baby. Way to get political, (laughs) sir. Yeah, I... That... The gulag system is really interesting <laughs> to me. Gulag system. Yes. But the idea of doing a 1v1 match in order to try and earn your way back into it's the... It's super fun. Yeah. That's super interesting. The other... Those other details make me wonder, like, how efficient or, like, how... Like, if you're actually going to be able to pull that off. The idea that, like, you have to find a token and then you have to carry your mm-hmm. your co-op partner's body to a certain place on the map in it'll order be to... forgotten by a majority of players yeah like you're you're just gonna get shot in the head in the first 30 seconds anyway you uh, know we'll and then... see we'll see how it goes but but the actual 1v1 part sounds interesting to me. Yeah, yeah for sure and like you know i was at uh infinity ward for the modern warfare cursor trips a lot of cover story trip and, and travel talk this this episode um, but they were so cagey about like not ruling out that a battle royale is coming, you know, and like asked about it. It's like, we like that mode. Right now we're focused on these. And I think, you know, maybe the Call of Duty community clearly understood, but I felt like the wider game industry was not listening to what they were saying. But like, oh, there's no battle royale. It's like, well, no, it's not what they're saying. They're saying right now we're focused on this. And so I think it's very clear this thing's coming. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it was just me, but when we were talking about Call of Duty, like I felt like the multiplayer offerings were smaller this this year. Yeah. Like I it didn't feel like there was a lot of stuff. I know they added kill confirmed after the time that we talked about right. it, but it still feels like there is a pillar that has been missing from that formula. A functional yeah. co-op mode? Yes. Well that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you still going back to Call of Duty though? Uh I haven't yeah. for a while. We'll see. I mean it is I would like to go back and play more of the gun gunfight. Gunfight, yes. It's not gun How game. do I forget that? Yeah, yeah. don't be an idiot. Uh, gunfight. <laughs> and if they if they released the Battle Royale, I certainly would go back. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kyle, did you check out much of Minecraft Earth? Not a lot. It's, okay. It, I mean, I, I, like I went through like the sort of tutorial a little bit, and it was like more Pokemon Go than I expected. Yeah, like you're still yeah going, for sure. You're still going to places and tapping things. I thought it was going to be, it's, for some for whatever reason, maybe I just misunderstood what the game was. I didn't think it would be quite such a 
Pokemon Go inspired game. Just to have that map overview and stuff. Yeah, I started yeah. as well, and I made the build in my living room. Okay. And I was like, oh, it's kind of cool to be able to place blocks, move stuff around, move chickens around in this build. Then it, when I'm an idiot, like, is there some way to save that? Because I, I couldn't figure out how to save yeah, that I in that know. location. I gone deep enough with it. But sure. yeah, I thought it was just going to be more like AR focused. Because I, the, the weird thing about Pokemon Go forever for me will be like how everyone pointed to it as like, augmented reality is the future. Look yeah. how big Pokemon Go is. And I'm yeah. like, guys, unless you're talking about the GPS being the augmented reality uh-huh. element of it, everybody turned that feature off within an hour of playing right. that game. That's not why the game is interesting. That's not why it's cool. Yeah. And But I thought, I was like, well, maybe this could actually use that in an interesting way. So I, I, I don't keep playing with it. But yeah, I, my initial reaction was like, oh, this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. No, I think the AR stuff is cool. It's nice okay. to have a cool uh, Minecraft structure like sitting in, in my living room, room for yeah. example. So are you like just you putting blocks on surfaces that are in your living room? Yeah, so you're walking around and collecting different uh, Minecraft objects and stuff, and then, yeah, you can rearrange it and reshape it and stuff, and you actually have to walk around to, yeah, to, to do it. Yeah, there's some ideas of, like, you can make structures that other people will see, or you could work together on larger That's structures. That's the part that I'm confused about yeah. where that is exactly, because... It seems cool. Yeah. Like, it seems cool on paper, for sure. Right. Right now, it's still in beta. Like, it crashed... Multiple times on iOS for Perfect. me, so so know. on par with Pokemon Go so yeah. far. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's not what people like about Pokemon. You guys, I didn't <laughs> yeah. like that it was bad at launch. Good name though, Minecraft Earth. Yeah, great so. name. Uh, okay, so last week they had XO19 mm-hmm. in London, uh, the big event. Uh, Microsoft unveiled a bunch of stuff. A uh, new Obsidian game, which is crazy timing. Uh, Grounded, which is their take basically on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, except a survival game, which is falling in that strange camp where Microsoft is, you know, they did the same with uh, Ninja Theory's new game where they say, like, this game was in development before we purchased them. Like, don't think that this is us. <laughs> we don't actually like this, but we're going to go and release well, it. Well, <laughs> I'm sure it's like, okay, I guess survival game yeah. for 2020, that seems like a safe enough bet. We're not going to cancel it, right? But just don't <laughs> think that, like, this is the reason we bought Obsidian, because I'm sure that still came from the phase where Obsidian was independent and really trying to hustle, and they see Fortnite, and Mm -hmm. they think, okay, let's try and make a game somewhat inspired by this, trying to capture the zeitgeist, because we're trying to court publishers, which is a challenge, and now it's just this weird leftover thing where it's like, okay, let's keep rolling with it. and Microsoft doesn't want people to think, oh, we hired this amazing RPG story developer, and now we're forcing them to make a survival game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess it's a relatively small team overall and stuff, but I'm excited for it. I like the setting a lot, just being shrunk down in the backyard. Shrunk down, yeah. Very good. We need Cork here. His mind would be exploding right now. Uh, Yeah, they talked about it a little on the Gameformer show. That's true. Believe it or not, Jeff Cork was very intrigued by it. Uh, (laughs) Daddy-like is what he said. (laughs) Um, A lot of other announcements here and there. We made a video kind of recapping the biggest stuff, Age of Empires Uh, IV. Of course. You jackass. It's very fun seeing the amount of people in the chat. And maybe because they teased that they were doing something with Age of Empires Asking 4 Asking what Age of Empires is? How dare you? No, everyone was saying Age of Empires, get to Age of you Empires 4. Here, like, you gotta... People were screaming. I like Relic. Yeah, oh, there we go. Yeah. No, you're supposed um, to insult his love. Yeah. Company of Age Heroes of is great. But it's been years <laughs> there you go. That's close enough. since they announced Age of Empires 4, and now they finally showed a gameplay look, a uh, gameplay trailer, uh, and revealed the setting. Because for years now, no one's known what the setting is. And it turns out the big setting is Age of Empires 2 again. It's like, <laughs> okay. I'm was not... that, that was disappointing for you? A little bit, What yeah. did you expect? What did you want? Honestly, I wanted... It's just weird because they just, last week as well, launched the Age of Empires 2 second HD edition mm-hmm. of it, right? And so it's just weird messaging to have those overlap in a way. And I'm sure they just looked at the numbers, saw Age of Empires 2's sales, and said, okay, let's do this. But I would have taken a new era, or I would have taken go back to Age of Empires 1. 
because uh, I have a very soft spot in my heart for just the early tool age type right. of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I think that's that's still interesting. But um, they also announced that they have a name for a studio within Microsoft that's overseeing all Age of Empires production. Like still Relics developing Age of Empires 4, which yeah. is exciting. But now they have World's Edge as Microsoft's official Age of Empires studio, which so is very flat confusing. Earthers is Big flat mm-hmm. earthers. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at the map in the corner of Age of Empires. It's I a guess, little flat earth. I, I'm a little One confused square. by this. Like, So they have Relic is making it, Yeah, but they have like another studio overseeing it within Microsoft? Yes. Is it... Is it a popular enough franchise that they need? Like, I understand that they have like a Halo team. Yeah, maybe team you shouldn't be overse- making fun of it, Kyle. <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it is. It is a little bit of a weird structure, right? Yeah. Like that implies that they're going to be doing more with the franchise, which is exciting. Hopefully, we can see that MOBA coming soon. Who knows, right? Uh, but I think it's also <laughs> play just a Saladin like- <laughs> versus Joan of Arc. Yeah, yeah that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> but in terms of like Microsoft doubling down on some of its biggest franchises, like you know, it's rare yeah. to have something around as long as Age of Empires. It's been over twenty years now at this point, right? Yeah, a I guess my, franchise. I, I guess I'm just like, why isn't Relic just like in charge of it? Like why? Because they're just not Microsoft. Because they're not Microsoft. Yeah, uh-huh. you need to have a. Uh, Big Daddy Corporate. It feels like if, mm-hmm. if they had, if 343 was basically contracting out Halo to other Which, developers. Which, to be fair, oh, that's okay. a great point because that's originally what 343 did, right? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. They were originally just founded and it was like, okay, Bonnie Ross and folks, and they're going to contract out. And I think they contracted out with Gearbox originally was the idea that Gearbox was going to make Halo 4. And then they quickly realized, you know what? Let's just build up a whole internal team. And You don't want them anywhere near Marines. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the biggest news or biggest takeaway i guess from the xo19 was just them continually pouring more benefits into game pass yeah it is to the point of absurdity like okay so you can pay one dollar and for the first three months you get access obviously to all of game pass you also get uh you know xbox live gold uh, what access for to ultimate? Yeah, for if you have yes. there's Xbox Live and then uh, Xbox Game Pass and then Game Pass Ultimate, which also has Xbox Live Gold on top. Right, of that. but that's still the one dollar thing. Right, then you get access to 250 games, one month VA access, three months of Discord Nitro, six months of Spotify Premium, and then also next year they're going to be introducing the, their streaming, the Project X Cloud. Yeah, X Cloud to Game Pass. I was thinking about it, like if Game Pass was just Gears of War Five. <laughs> You would have access to one game, still getting it for one dollar for those three months would be worth it. Mm-hmm. And be like, are you crazy not to do this? It's everybody better out there? than Redbox. It's insane yeah. what they've done. Well, it's interesting because like everyone, Stadia is out, uh, which I guess I, I haven't touched it at all. Um, but I think you know a lot of the articles around surrounding Stadia, like leading up to it, and even now, are like Google's trying to make the Netflix of video games with Stadia, which was wrong. And I like I feel like you can point to. Game Pass and be like, I think this is a lot yeah. closer. Oh, yeah, you know of course. I mean? of and course. Like, but I, no one sort of equates those together for some and reason. And it's also know. actually playable that way. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Because right. you don't have to worry about latency or how you your own, internet's like, going to be The games streaming. are on your console, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just have to worry about like bandwidth. Yeah, for being able to stuff. download it. Right. Yeah. And also, it's crazy because you look at, I always saw it as like, ah, that's kind of offset. I don't know what it's like. But you look at uh, Game Pass on PC, which is a separate thing that you can get if you don't own an Xbox. But even that, it's like, you're crazy not to take that if you're just a PC gamer. Like, they are being so aggressive in the run-up to next generation that it's it's a stupid thing not to subscribe to. And to be fair, 
I wasn't subscribed until this last weekend where I was testing uh-huh. tech in the studio with my Xbox One. I was like, all right, you got me. I guess yeah, I'll look they, at this. They're really generous about because like when I went to E3 last year, they gave, they had like these little coupons for Xbox Game Pass, and I was like, here's like a year of it. And so I I had just put in that code right before it expired, so I had like however many months of Game Pass left and when I signed up for that deal for a dollar it basically turned all of that time from Game Pass to Game Pass Ultimate mm-hmm. so it was like this weird like okay well now I suddenly retroactively got a whole bunch of months of this other service so they really want you in that ecosystem and it's yeah. making me think that like like Project Scarlet is like almost secondary to Game Pass to them and like going forward for sure. into the future is like this is their number one like this is Microsoft's Xbox is like the idea of Game Pass yeah. o- like even more so than than on having another console oh which, for sure I mean and which they must be looking at Netflix and saying we want to do this you know like and that, no one else is stepping up in a big yeah, way in that the gaming makes so much sense for a business model for video games even like if that. we're losing a ton of money at this point let's just do it I mean mm-hmm. and again at the X 19 they announced. You know, like all these Final Fantasy games, all the remasters, stuff like that yeah, are going to be coming crazy. to the Game Pass. Old Kingdom Hearts games. Just yeah, like, Yakuza. Yeah, yeah Yakuza. It's and, just And insane. that still makes it worth it because it's like before it would be like, oh, well, you know, there's like I already played it on PlayStation or like here's a port that's coming down that you would norm- that you would play the normal way. It would be like right. less exciting. But the idea of like also all of this stuff is included with you, this ongoing subscription thing. Like the fact that like, oh, I, I actually have not played that Final Fantasy X remaster. Yeah. I may as well do it. Like I have it already. Like, you know, yeah. whenever comes out like uh, the fact that makes those an- announcements more exciting than they would have been otherwise right yeah. which right. is like a, a cool like this is like their way of striking out and saying like we don't need to be the best the most popular console people we just need to have we need to latch on to the subscription service yeah. and ma- make that our thing is absolutely even if you're not an xbox gamer it is to the point that if you're considering buying a new game on pc or there's a game that you've wanted to play just like double check to make sure it's not on game pass because mm-hmm. again one dollar you set a reminder in your phone to cancel it after three months like that's absolutely worth it it's insane not to go through that library yeah. and also kind of scary about like the future of games though yeah because like we are being incentivized now to i mean i always had a problem with buying games digitally because i do like having i do like actually owning it you know mm-hmm. you know like so w- when you have the physical copy you have the rights to it that you are seeding when you do when you buy stuff digitally mm-hmm. but this takes it that further step of like there are games on game pass that i would have bought and i would have wanted to keep in my collection but now i have temporary access to them you know right Which i don't mind because it's a great deal for me but what is that going to do to the future of games i guess right. i guess hopefully they are compensating these game companies well at least well enough for them to sign on for it. Yeah, but apparently. Yeah, I'd love it's to a brave new world those deals. for sure. Witcher, Witcher was another one, wasn't it? Witcher, Witcher the Wild Hunt. Hunt. Yep, yeah. it's going to be coming for sure. Yeah, um, crazy stuff. Am I the only one excited for playing Halo on PC? No, I'm super excited. Except I'm annoyed with the weird trickling rollout because it's like okay, yeah, it's December second, I believe it's going to be December third is Reach. Okay, third yeah. is Reach. Yeah, it's like I just want to play Halo ones multiplayer on steam <laughs> i want to do that yeah. so badly and i don't know when that'll be coming up so is reach as an owner of master chief collection on xbox one x i don't think you, i don't think you have access so that, to is it. it exclusive to pc or i have to no. buy it no, 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 I, think, it. I think it comes to but like you don't get the pc version oh no right? yeah that, but that's but fine. i think if you have master yeah i think you will get reach on xbox it might be yeah, okay. it might be dlc but i don't know for sure i was playing master chief collections recently as like the last two months really i, I randomly was just like killing some time i was like i haven't thought about odst in a long time mm-hmm. and i played like the first 30 minutes of odst just because it was like 
Oh, oh yeah, Master Chief Collection is yeah. really great. You know. Hey, uh, did you see that Golem came out? The Mario Donnell, uh, the new VR game yeah. that for PS- years it's been PSVR exclusive. I think so. Yeah, I interviewed him about it. Like I feel like two years ago. They've been so quiet for so long, and then yeah. I saw like one tweet like, "Man, it's out." What? Ugh. Hang on, let's see. Do you think people they, like it? They, uh, I know they released a soundtrack for it like a year ago, sure. which is like on Spotify, and you can listen to it. Um, but yeah, okay. So you're looking at the we're looking at reviews. Is that what we're pulling up? Yeah, hang on. I, there's Gollum on PC, which I, I don't was, think. There's yeah, the character Gollum. Game. This oh, is oh yeah, you're looking game. at the Metacritic for Gollum as a from character. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like a couple uh, different. But yeah, no, I really. It, Came out with a, it definitely dropped with a whimper for sure. Like I haven't heard anyone talking about it really. Um, what was it supposed to be? You were, I think the if, for the, I mean, if you want the like the premise of the game is like you're a little girl in a a bedroom who can remote control these giant like rock creatures, and you're sort of exploring this labyrinth. Remotely. Some sort of unnamed rock creatures. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't know Gol- what that would be. Golems. Um, but uh, and then it had the the. You know, the composer for Halo was working on it both, I think, in music and even a little bit of design as well. Yeah. And then also the lead designer was Jamie Griesmer, who, yes. yeah, was a designer Worked on, on Infamous Second Son. Second Son. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah but yeah. before that, obviously, um, Halo, we interviewed him on the Game Informer show maybe multiple times. Yeah. Oh, boy. I uh, see at least one score. One there. review from Push Square has it at a four out of 10, although. Okay. <laughs> Is the little girl murdering people with the golems? I think you're fighting other golems. Is. <laughs> Which is Has fine. there ever been golem fiction where the golem isn't killing things? Is, yeah, is that yeah, they're what they do? Typecast. That's messed up. <laughs> uh, they're like protectors, right? They were like protectors of Jewish people back in the day. Like that's like the lore. I know. But, is it really? But yeah. they murder people, right? I think so. Yeah. You're into that? Well, it's just weird that a little girl's controlling them to go around and murder people. Maybe they changed it. What kind of message are we sending? (laughs) Hold on, let's Google the history of golems. Uh, In Jewish folklore, a golem is an animated anthropomorphic being that is magically created um, and will never murder somebody. Unless directed by tiny girl. (laughs) (laughs) That is magically created from inanimate matter, usually clay or mud. Mm -hmm. The word was used to mean an amorphous, unformed material in psalms and medieval writing. Okay. Will you look at that? And so this was PSVR Oculus, or was it? Yes, PSVR. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Let's not have an uninformed what conversation about What other podcast will you have Golem? this exclusive <laughs> coverage? It may as well be like a cover story that we've got rolling here. No one <laughs> else will go. talk about the it. The deepest dive uh, on Golem. I was Googling Golem. I was just going to say, because I, I think we still want maybe at some point in the future for our great Goaty Hunt do like a VR day. Right. And maybe I would. I was just curious. It's like, oh, we should put that on that list. Great Golem you know? Hunt. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so, uh, Great Goatee Hunt is a stream we do every Tuesday. Um, we let the community vote if they're $10 supporter on Patreon. Um, since we're coming up towards the end of the year, I don't know how you guys are feeling, but like we have a lot of great games from 2019 in our back catalog that we can pull from, uh, make people vote uh, to you know, decide what we actually stream every Tuesday and stuff. But we might have to start doing some of those rapid fire. Like I'd be up for streaming some just so we can squeeze in some of the big 2019 games that we missed because MinMax didn't exist. But... That reminds me of supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash minmax. Two ends. Thank you, Kyle. Um, and a couple a people faster. have been very generous. <laughs> so you've been inconsistent because sometimes you say it immediately. and then How would you like you me to ask, do it? I don't know. It's I don't always, know. I'm going to keep you guessing. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people uh, support us at the $100 level, which is very sweet. If you do that, uh, you get uh, 
to be on the video version of this podcast. It's appearing right now below the table. Also with a brief little plug, if you'd like to throw it in there as well, we, we put that in there. Uh, for $400, we will give you a shout out. Uh, hey, if you have a small project you want to plug, um, a happy birthday message you want to send, anything you want to communicate. We'll blow kisses. We'll blow kisses. Anything <laughs> you want to communicate over these microphones. We're more than happy to do it. Uh, if you support MinMax at the $400 level, which is very sweet and supportive. Um, but it reminds me of beating down Brian, who supported mm -hmm. us uh, to get us out of the gate. A huge lifesaver there. God bless him. And then Richard Mady, hero of the people. This Richard Mady. <laughs> he's the best. Speaking of VR, he says, Hey, everybody. Check out To The Top, a VR platforming game that brings old school challenge with new school tech. The official PlayStation magazine gave it a 9 out of 10. It's now available on PSVR, Steam, and Oculus Home. And as Richard Mady insists that we say... To, to the top. top! We did it. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Uh, appreciate it. Help spread the word. Uh, hey, those slots are open, everybody. If you're listening to this and you have a project you want to plug or anything you want to plug in general, it's, not, like, even, cool. it's not even slots, right? It's unlimited. Don't say that. Mm. They're going soon. Oh, yeah. So we're fun. running out. Get your collector's <laughs> edition of this shout out. We had a lot of people, once more, leave a bunch of wonderful comments on our Patreon page. We have a post every week that says, hey, send us your greatest questions, uh, words of wisdom, uh, trivia, dares. Games. Thoughts. Uh, what? I think it was like 120 over that or something like that just for people leaving comments. It's amazing the amount of support that's there. Uh, thanks, everybody, that writes in. I really Thank appreciate you. it. I would love to whittle it down to some of the best ones, but they're all the best ones. But what do you guys think about this? Because I always <laughs> love... Ending on trivia or a little game. What if instead of having question of the week, we had just game of the week? Where every week we would just hope and pray that somebody sent in mm. a fun little mm. trivia game. So it's not really the best of, it's, it's this just, week's. You can expect a game every week. And you would stockpile them and if there were like three so. one week. We would spread them out. You'd have like a backlog of them. Could maybe. be. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Could a little be. spare. I like that. I like ending with that. I yeah. always love ending with that. We always like when people write in with... Riddles and <laughs> the greatest riddle yeah, of all quizzes and those kind of things. Limericks. Absolutely. Uh, ooh, speaking of How limericks, many ends are in the knee. <laughs> <laughs> can never remember. Sophie writes in and says, "Just throwing it out there. I don't really want to be called a minx or whatever." <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah, Jefflin was pushing that Sophie like some <laughs> effing maniac. <laughs> she says minmaxer is just fine. Uh, that's true, although. One of the best I've seen, and it seems like people are like, yep, that's pretty good, is on the Shenmue stream yesterday. I told you there was a reason we had to stream Shenmue. Is somebody left a comment saying, just why not call them minions with two N's? It's like, oh, that's very good. Something evil about it. Yeah. It feels a little bit. Um, and just the fan art would be amazing. <laughs> 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 that's true. I also like Mindy's, but minions with two N's is very solid. Yeah. Minions and Mindy's I like. Yeah. Minx's I don't like. Okay. Teach their own. Blame this guy. Uh, Sophie says, also, <laughs> I had sure. no idea that Jeffum studied abroad in Hiroshima for a year. Hiroshima? Yep. Great. Uh, that's really neat. Hansen, your pronunciation of uh, uh, was causing me physical pain. How would you pronounce what I was saying a lot last week? So desnay. Okay. Apparently, I was doing it incorrectly, which is very hard to believe. So desnay? Is that what you said? Yeah. So desnay. But apparently, it's... More complicated than that. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Randa Damron uh, says, hey, Gals Got Moxie here. Hey, Hello. it's Gals Got Moxie. Gals Got Moxie. Uh, She's there all the time. Uh, Two-part question. With Thanksgiving looming, 
That's next week, y'all. That's, that's how you would describe Thanksgiving, is it's looming. <laughs> well, kind of, that's depending right. on which side of the table you were on. That's true. How's the pilgrims that? weren't nice. <laughs> oh. Think about it. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> what is, um, you know, it's been a while since I've watched the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special or something. What, what is the actual story? Is there real history? There was one meal that everybody gathered around for? And the pre-genocide meal, I think, was the... Yeah. Okay. Is it okay? But seriously, like, what do you think? <laughs> You're gonna give it an okay. Yeah. What is the Look. idea? It was yeah. Pop quiz hot shot. Describe to me the entire th- history of Thanksgiving that is yeah. obviously accurate it's because I know it off the top of your head. It started Genocide well. Yeah. It started well, right? It all started well. It all. It all. It's all well that starts well, as they say. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I we shouldn't brush over the fact that it did not end well. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's true, you guys. Uh, the most historic, prominent Thanksgiving event in American pop. Popular culture is a 1621 celebration at the Plymouth Plantation where the settlers held a harvest feast after a successful growing season. Okay. Followed by the Macy's Parade. Did they (laughs) invite the native people? Look, there's a big... Wouldn't be the check There's it some history behind this holiday, yeah. isn't there? Uh, save it for my get a load of this, where I read the entire <laughs> article for Thanksgiving. And now, anyway, filibuster for get a load of this. Gal's got Moxie says, "Do you all prefer turkey or the side dishes? Side dishes. Like Turkey's, if you had to well, choose like, one over the other, it's yeah. like any competitor versus the field. I feel like it's just like one turkey thing, because like it's sometimes you don't even have turkey." At Thanksgiving, or at least unless my family's weird, it's just like you just have a bunch of meals. Like it's not I've never, you know, had turkey be the centerpiece of the holiday. I've never thought of it that way. Hmm. Well, I mean, we've had turkey and stuff before, but I've never thought of it's like, no, Thanksgiving is the one time a year you eat turkey because I eat turkey all the time. It's just like that's just the one time that everyone brings a butt ton of food. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'm over here bringing Oscar Meyer turkey. That's right. I'm living, Uh, baby. uh, I see what you mean. It's Thanksgiving is like a collection of meals. Yeah, it's more about stuffing your face than having any particular one food. I think the point is people eat turkey. It's turkey, yes. Well, I know it's like the most popular food, but like, I don't know. The pilgrims invited turkeys and they all ate together. (laughs) And said, rather than eat with these guys, we'll eat with these turkeys. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that would say turkey's the best part of the meal. It's just the core of it, right? But everybody, it's like, you take some sweet potatoes over that, you take some cranberries over that. The stuffing... Some stuffing, you take the crescent rolls. Mashed potatoes and gravy. Some pumpkin pie slathered over all that. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Yeah, basically you just pile it all in That's one right, plate a baby. and it mixes together. You <laughs> take a baby, hey. yeah. butt ton of food and a baby. <laughs> I'll have a butt ton of food and babies. Just <laughs> scoop them out of the tray. Okay, buddy. Take home with me. The so answer was side dishes, right? Side dishes. Yeah. yeah. But you still need the turkey there. That's true. Unless you did like a duck. I think people, some people do ducks. Mm. That's outrageous. Or any other waterfowl. Mm. Fowl. You know what's going to be fun? Chicken. Is I bet in that MinMax Discord, in the Good Eats channel, Thanksgiving, that's going to be popping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward so, to that. So yeah, subscribe now to see all those pictures. <laughs> subscribe now. Which really, I do enjoy that channel. I posted, it is very nice. I posted one picture in there. It's It's cool. And like, especially having people around... Minneapolis, where you can actually say, hey, you should go to this restaurant. Oh, cool. yeah. It is nice. Every once in a while, I pop over to those freak channels, as I call them, like the very mm-hmm. specific things on the side. It's like, oh, there's people talking in here, even these little side rooms. They do it. It's just like me. <laughs> Look at like, these weirdos. It's like the father at the sleep in, like opening the door, like, what's going on in here? Oh, okay. You guys are having a good time. All right. I'll <laughs> is that what you're like as a dad? Thanks, dad. 
Uh, no. Cool. Mattman McKenna says, are there any games you all have as a, as a tradition for the holidays? The last few years, my family's been playing Jackbox Party Pack whenever we get together for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Occasionally, we'll even do a round of Smash Brothers or Mario Party. Ooh, what a hip family. Mm. Gaming traditions. Uh, the Wi-Fi at my parents' place sucks to the point that we can't play Jackbox, which wow. breaks my heart. It is that should slow. should buy them a router for Christmas. Well, they're like, I don't know. It's like run off a tin can on the roof or something. <laughs> so even that, I don't think would really help. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, obviously, with MinMax, we're going to branch out and do tabletop coverage probably sooner than you might think. Um, but, Jeff, if you had to recommend one tabletop game to bring Thanks home. Thanks for putting me on the spot with mm-hmm. that one. Uh, you know, I'd say what's... What's the one that we played in the park that one time? Just one. That's a good one. Which is the game good, of the year this yeah, year. Yeah, I think you probably want to go with party games. Super simple. And just one yes, has to be ones. the simplest tabletop game that's ever won game of the year, the Spiel des Jahres or whatever it's called. Um, and it's it's almost like a streamlined version of Codenames in some way, which is, again, I think probably mm-hmm. the best tabletop game ever made. But uh, with just one, it is literally just, okay, you have five words you randomly choose a number, you get assigned a word, you can't see what it is, everybody around the table has to write a one-word clue to try and get you to guess what the one word is that you can't see. The catch is that if people write the same word, then theirs gets canceled out and you don't get to see those. Mm. So everyone's trying to come up with different oddball one-word clues to get you to guess your one word that you can't see. Hilarity ensues every time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's super fun. I think it's I think it's more expensive than you think. It's a super simple game, but it's like maybe up to like fifty bucks or something on Amazon. It's ridiculous. Wow. Right. It shouldn't be. I'm. That's probably if it was like sold out. You know, so, especially if it won the Spiel des Jahres. Yeah, like those games usually sell out, and then they're more expensive. But that it, could be what it is. Yeah, I, th- I want to say I saw it at half price. Sometimes it sells board games for cheap. Oh yeah, it was way off. Yeah, it turns out. Mm, yeah, around thirty bucks or something like that. But super fun. That'd be a great one to bring home to the yeah. family. Uh, let's see. Also, you know what else is a tradition around Thanksgiving, Jeff Margiefava? Falling asleep on the couch after you eat too much? That's right. I'd argue it's giving thanks for the year. Oh, <laughs> right. And no promises, but uh, please keep your eye on MidMax's YouTube channel next week. Uh, Tim Laro says, what do you think will be the consensus game of the year this year? Set aside mm. the MidMax race between Jumanji and Shenmue. <laughs> <laughs> what will be the two or three games that all the other outlets will be deba- uh, debating between... Metacritic says it's going to be Resident Evil 2 versus Sekiro. No way. I think that's an interesting matchup. I think it's going to be Control versus Outer Worlds. For really? everybody else? For most people, yeah. I think Are you just thinking Giant Bomb? I think Giant no, Bomb is no, absolutely going to be those like, two. No, I'm thinking looking at scores and stuff. I know that there are like I know that a lot of people are really gunning for Control. I know that there are people like I mean, we you know, Game Informer wasn't the only outlet to break both of those games pretty highly. I think that's going to yeah. be I think that's those two games I think are a pretty good cross section of Everyone played it and everyone liked it. It's the safe choice. Yeah, I think. Th- th- well, those are the choice that, like, hey, control. I want to like, if I'm if I'm like a big fan of control and I want people on my side, I have the most support there. Where just, even right. like, uh, I think I don't know why, but there may be some reservations about Resident Evil. Oh, is it a remake or not? Even the fact that that question exists, right. even though I don't agree with it at all, yeah. I think there might be a little bit behind that. And Sekiro, I feel, is such a even as as big as it is, it feels like a either you love it or hate it kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Control and both and Outer Worlds, I think are both games where it's like everyone could kind of agree these. Are pretty good. That's interesting. Uh, Reeves was reviewing Control when we all got canned. Yeah. What was what was the office vibe for Control when it came out? 
Were there like more people who were playing it and super into it? I think everybody liked it a, a fair amount. Yeah, it was not the talk of the office from what I recall, but everyone okay. was kind of, I think, a little bit in that camp of just like, yeah, played it, enjoyed it, you know. That was about it. Okay. Um, I think Resident Evil 2 is going to be... I, I, I think you make a good point about that is it a remake kind of question, but like that's the one that I'm seeing everyone even yeah. now being like, you know, as I think about it, I'm kind of yeah. leaning Resident Evil 2. I can, you know? I can totally true. see that. I need to finish it. At some point, you guys, I need to finish that. The ending will drastically change your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to predict what ours is going to be. Ooh. I don't know. That's yes. tough. I, I mean, think I think that's going to be the problem that we're going to run into is I think uh-huh. we're all going to have very different lists. Oh, it's yeah, wildly so. different. Yeah. yeah, like I'm still a kind of a control guy, still probably mm-hmm. at the top of mind. But like, I'm liking Death Stranding. I'm liking Star Wars. Uh-huh. You know, like yeah, I don't know. Too. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't even really feel like I have a good because like. Sometimes around this time, you're kind of like, I kind of know where I'm leaving. Yeah, there's but. always a difference between like, okay, I know that this game is my favorite of the year, but I don't know that I would like be the person who's super adamant about like, no, this has to be game of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just not sure what, what to bring to the table in that regard, whereas I've, I feel like I have a pretty solid like top five at least at this point, but wow. we'll see. Dominic uh, Sachoki says, Dear Min Maxers, I don't respond to that. It's clearly minion. No, I don't know. I don't know what we are then. Are we also minions? No, I don't think so. We no, we're the Gru. We're the oh, Maxians. Uh, no, and then they're the, and the three little That's girls weird. that he's raising. You're Gru, and we're uh, the three little girls. Yeah, we're great. your golems or whatever. What's you know it's true, one, Jeff. Well, don't shake your head. What's one game this year you think has gone unfairly under the radar? Personally, I think Life is Strange 2 is one of the most interesting games out there right now, but has weirdly been ignored because of the long span between episodes. Yeah, no one has been paying attention to it. Yeah, Life is I actually 2. was thinking about how I have a copy of Life is Strange 2 and I have not played it. But yeah. I, I always wait for those games to be over until I actually play them. So yeah. that's coming out, I think, December 3rd, might, yeah. maybe. So I, I think I, I actually plan to play it like this weekend. Play like the first two episodes and then the next two really? episodes. And then, You're at a point in your yeah. backlog where you can afford to play Life is Strange I, I, I want to be able to talk about it when it's out. Because yeah. like, I think that's been like a small like through line of like peop- the, when people do talk about it, they're like, this game's actually pretty good and you should keep it on your radar. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. I've, I've carved out a time to play it. And because it, it, it so perfectly fits into like two hours and then you can just kind of like not invest any more time totally. in it for a little bit, I think that makes it easier for me to actually separate that time. Are you going to stream it? I probably not. I just, really? uh, yeah, I don't know that people would get a lot out of it. Sure. You know? Are we done with episodic games? No, they just announced a don't not announce their yeah, new game. It's not episodic though, right? Uh, it is, yeah. So they say oh, all okay. the episodes are going to be releasing at the same time. I, I think believe? I think that it's going to be oh, what three episodes, okay. and yep. it's going to be one month after the other. But it's like it's mostly done. They just want to have it presented that form that right. way, right? So that right. they want to present it poorly and in a way yeah. that will make me less interested. In That's it. right. Cool. Hey, uh, did anybody listen to Dominic here? He says, oh, uh, what, "What's one game this year you think has gone unfairly under the radar?" Hmm. Uh, mine is mama. a weird mama. <laughs> my mama from Death Stranding. Uh, no, I, I mean, Dreams is my answer for yeah, that, right? Hundred percent. Just continually underlooked, which I feel like we've talked about it a lot. So it's yeah. kind of a weird one to pick, but it's it's also us shouting into the void, like, "Hey, pay attention to this. This is already worth it. You already should check this it, out. Already worth it. Already worth it. This has value. <laughs> yeah, art uh, has value." Kyle's not allowed to react to this, but Baba is you. The puzzle game, uh, I think, uh, deserves more attention this year. Do you finish it? 
No. <laughs> and look, with a game like that segmented, it's not like, yeah, you right. know. It doesn't really It's have... not even like a mist or something where it's like you need to finish. It's just no. like, hey, as your series of puzzles, I it love does, the hell out of what I It doesn't even have an ending. It's just you'll hit a point where you're right. like, okay, I think I, I did everything. Yeah. That's available. I hit so. my difficulty cap and, yeah. all right, I've had a wonderful experience with that game. It's a very oh. cool game. Not one of my favorites. Back off. Anybody have any suggestions? We're just like fighting each other. I think today, we're secretly angry at each other. I'm sorry about the it's Metro the comments and the Everyone's on Call of Duty Mobile comments. <laughs> it's the bug that I'm glad you like Bob as you. It's a very clever game. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Gamer Maker <laughs> says, Hey, Min Maxers, here's a question for you. The Game Awards just announced the nominations for Game of the Year, and not one of them has been in the great goatee hunt so far. <laughs> Clearly, this is a shame. Figure. Uh, as Jumanji is the Game of the Year. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But in all seriousness, what do you think of the nominations? Are there any games you would swap out? Do they list the nominations? Are we going to have to go fishing? <laughs> There's a lot to go through. You want to go through these? So well, Game Awards going to be coming up in early December. I, No matter what. We're all going, right? We're, yeah, that's right. Jeff nope. Keighley came himself to our apartment and yeah. said, I want to stream go. like reactions towards it You know, for sure. I don't know how many of you would be up for that, but I'll sure. be doing it no matter what. Um, all right, the Game of the Year nominations are <laughs> Control, Good. Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Outer Worlds, and Super Smash Brothers! Uh, Luigi! <laughs> when this went up <laughs> on Resetera, the big thread there, mm-hmm. what game do you think was winning in the poll for Smash Game Brothers? Absolutely Smash Brothers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think out of that list, Slam Dunk Smash Brothers in my yeah. mind. Yeah, it's... that's not the game that's going to win, though. I don't, I don't. So this is voted on by the industry. Yeah, members of the press and industry. And, right. And, yeah. uh, somebody asked if they sent it our way. Uh, no, they did not. No. MinMax will not be contributing to this What's one. What's the biggest snub? Us. <laughs> <laughs> the one that I looked at that list, I was like, oh, yeah, those, those are all good games. But then uh, pretty quickly I saw people talking about Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was yeah. like, and I was like, you know what? That does feel missing from yeah. that list. I'm not a big Fire Emblem guy, but like, right. it, which yeah. one would you bump for it? Death Stranding. <sighs> Man, that's tough. I maybe, uh, yeah. Oh gosh, why is this so hard? Mm-hmm. I, I maybe Outer Worlds for if I was like a personal choice. That's the one I would You're bump. Insane. Yeah. And like, Keely likes fire, to run these as a personal choice. I finished Fire Emblem. That game's real good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying anything I, about Fire Not perfect, but I just like it's probably Outer the Worlds. best Nintendo game this year. Hmm, there we go. Uh, best game direction, control. Hang on, let's take our prediction. What do you guys think will win game of the year? Realistically, mm. control, Death Stranding, Smash Brothers, Resident Evil Two, Sekiro, Outer Worlds. On among that list, man, I could see Death Stranding being kind of like the surprise, like industry like, people voting, though, man. Yeah, that's what makes it tricky. Yeah. I think Outer Worlds. I think Outer Worlds. I think it's like yeah. the kind of. Darling mm-hmm. game of this year, and yeah. there's and but there is a character in Control named Darling, so that oh mm, very game smart. changer. <laughs> very smart. He's game cast for like <laughs> Here's the very clear category: best game direction. Mm-hmm. We have Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil Two, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, and Outer Wilds. I think Outer Wilds wins that. Wilds, yeah. I think. I think Death probably... Stranding wins that. I don't know, but I, that's me yeah. conflating what that category even means, which we talked about. Uh, yesterday on the stream right. a little bit, yeah. Best narrative: Plague Tale, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, or Outer Worlds. Disco Elysium, I would imagine. Yeah, but I would. I think that's probably without having started. It seems like that's the narrative darling of the year. Yeah, but at the same time, more people I think, have played Outer World. Yeah, I think a lot yeah, of people haven't played Disco. I think yeah. a lot of the oh, people are going to be yeah. receiving, and this. that's also why people like Outer Worlds. You know, right, right. Um, best art direction: Control, Death Stranding, Greece. 
Was that this year? Is it late last year? It must have been late last yeah, year. Yeah, it must early, been late like last February year. Or something yeah. like that. Sayonara yeah. Wild Hearts, Sekiro, or Link's Awakening. I think Link's Awakening is probably the best. I can see Control runner. take it too, though. That's no, I, true. I, I like Control's art direction yeah. a lot. Although, what am I thinking? Death Stranding's art direction is, yeah. Yeah. is obviously I think Death Stranding's going to win, but I'm saying yeah. like I would like to see Control win. I think Control sure. is like a big contender there. Best score, music, Cadence of Hyrule, Death Stranding, Devil May Cry 5. Oh, Why are you looking sweet. at me? Like, because you love it. Because you the, love it, dude. I speci- yeah, I specifically love the you, soundtrack. Yeah, you yeah. walked into this year today singing about a devil trigger. He was whistling and God knows yeah. what else. <laughs> Pull uh, my devil trigger. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts three and Sinara Wild Hearts. Uh, I think Death Stranding will probably win that one. You think most prominent yeah. soundtrack? Death Stranding and Sayonara. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, don't be so serious. Come on, guys. Yeah, uh, but I think Sayonara though. and Death Stranding are the two that I have been listening to outside of those games. Oh, really? Significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Big yeah. Little Roar fan now. Honestly, yeah, it's like it's like a modern Radiohead kind of. Yeah, like it's way. Oh, yeah. Do you think uh, that's true? Radiohead fan number one, Jeff Murphy Fava? Reminds uh, me of Radiohead. Well, a lot. What band did you just say? Low Roar. Low Roar. The, the, like, the band in Death Stranding, basically. Most of Death Stranding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can. Which is why I, I like get it that so vibe. Yeah. Okay, there's a lot of other categories. You can <clears throat> check it out online. Uh, best performance, though, looks like it's. Where's going best to performance be... by a human male? Was that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> it used to be one of those categories. Oh, really? One of their categories. Uh, best performance: Ashley Birch as Parvati from Outer Worlds. Very good. Hang on. Did, can anybody now, after our deepest dive, tell me Parvati's last name? Peretti. <laughs> Peretti. <laughs> Parvati. Peretti. I thought Parvati was her last name. Oh, interesting. I know it is not. Holcomb. Oh, yeah. Holcomb. Uh, Courtney Hope as Jesse Faden from Control. Laura Bailey as Kate Diaz from Gears 5. Huh. Mads Mikkelsen as Cliff from Death Stranding. He, do, he does Reedus do a pretty good job. as Sam Porter Bridges from Death Stranding. And Matthew Peretta as Dr. Casper Darling from yeah. Control. I feel like... That- Casper Darling is probably the best character. Yeah, but I kind of—I actually like really like Norman Reedus' performance. Yeah. I don't think oh, he's wow. like—I don't think he's a, like a fantastic character. Yeah, but there are like specifically, yeah, yeah, some of his. I, I feel like that could also be a popularity vote too. A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel more, like that, that character other... would be a lot cornier. I mean, I think part body and actually, I think Darling actually have. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm using the character names and not the actor names, but like. Darling is like such a weird standout character that a lot of people liked in Control. I don't mm-hmm. think it was like a like it was a great. It was a good performance. It was fine, but that's not the element of that that game that stood out. It's mm-hmm. just like he's just this weird scientist. Yeah, he's maybe the most prominent character in Control. Yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways, like because the, the the director, like the previous director, is like a more important Mr. Max Payne himself. Yeah, yeah. but he doesn't like. Con- he, he's not like a, a, as much of a driving force as, as, as you Darling don't walk is. up to a video and he explains something about the universe of control for like three minutes. Yeah, you know, yeah. Every that's, couple of that's steps. a running theme though. Is that like characters who are really good at explaining the world, like Ma- like Mama and uh, uh, the Guillermo del Toro's character in Death Stranding, are both like characters who have to explain a lot to yeah, you and just yeah. the fact that here's margaret qualley explaining how motorcycles work and why you want to recharge them like that is such a weird thing to have a famous actor do i know yeah. i like it though blake probe says hello minimum maxers hello uh <laughs> at least people can play with it you know it's a toy name uh, uh do you think it's sort of a weird conflict of interest for jeff Keeley to be in death stranding and be best friends with kojima uh, i know the people vote on the winners just comes across as icky am i the only one thinking that it's not not icky yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's naughty and icky. Yeah. I don't think there's a conflict of interest because he's just managing the show. You know what I mean? Well, where but, do the nominations come from? Oh, yeah. You know what? That's a good point. I think don't, he they, probably don't generates you send them? Don't, I mean, I, I remember he, when we were at Game Informer, like Andy would have a thing where they like send us nominations. Yeah, we would we would vote internally on who we should recommend as an outlet to be 
nominations, I think, right? Right. Yeah. Nominations for the Game Awards are selecting typo by a voting jury of 80 leading media and influencers. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so they do everything. G- I mean, Keeley ostensibly does not have a hand in who what right. gets nominated, right? So there's there's no conflict of interest, but that relationship is icky. Is yes. Yeah. 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 Seems that way. Darth icky. Yeah. 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 Like if, if Death Stranding wins, it, it regardless of whether or not it earned it, I think it, it's a weird look. I mean, yeah. whether it wins or loses, that relationship is like his personal mm-hmm. relationship. I don't want to see any more of it. It's just <laughs> icky. Yeah. <laughs> What's he going to do, though? Not ask to be in the game? Come on. <laughs> Uh, Ryan says, hello, crew. I surely can't be the only one who stumbled onto the secret of Death Stranding. It's obvious when I think about it, and I haven't seen it touched on anywhere else. This isn't a spoiler, is it? Yeah, why? I don't want I'm not. Don't spoil Hideo it. Kojima's Death Stranding is a gritty reboot of Yoshi's <laughs> Island. Oh, okay. It's all there. Sam <laughs> Yoshi carries a crying baby uh, mm-hmm. from Destination yeah, to Destination. There's that, yeah, there's you, that boss where you climb inside of him and you have to hit him in the uvula or whatever. That's right. Time. That's right. Uh, that his pants fall down. Yeah. Uh, you confront masked menaces. The mules, shy guys, or the paranormal BTs or booze. You can even use your poop as a weapon in both games. Mm. Yeah, good points. Well, are eggs poop? You I don't them? think that's the that's, case. I mean, in Yoshi's well, biology. I mean, the, the alternative is way more messed up. Is that yeah. you're throwing <laughs> throwing unborn babies? Yeah. Also, well, he, he does he does eat something to produce an egg, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. usually in, not how eggs work. Yeah, I think in the world of Yoshi's mm. Island, I think eggs are poop. Mm. Eggs are poop. So Yoshi doesn't poop; he just flushes the, eggs on the, the toilet. The egg breaks open and there's poop inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's way more clean than what we do. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, hey, man, I think that's a great point. Um, that people is don't talk about it enough. Yeah, yeah. Tis funny. Um, Kyle, you did a, a weird video. Yeah. Which I was annoyed by because you didn't take it seriously enough about the similarities between <laughs> Boktai and Death Stranding. Yeah, and like there weren't a lot of great points in there, but there was like one and a half like interesting things. Well, that's that... why I couldn't take it too seriously because there's like one or two things that are like, oh, this is like, but then the other ones are like, well, I'm kind of like grabbing, I'm grasping at straws right. here for the sake of making. This... I'm saying you should just lean into the specific things to get that message out there. Yeah. But like it was crazy because like there's invisible enemies that leave like little footprints. Black footprints. Yeah. That's super cool. And you do have to carry. Packages around. I mean, they're coffins with Draculas in them. But see, yeah, you haven't seen Same every package of that stranding. Yeah. Uh, I oh, the reason I, I chose this is because when we did the rapid fire with Tezuka, the director of Yoshi's Island, that was one of the questions. Is I was our eggs poop. No, I was going to ask if Yoshi's Island was the first Strand game uh, as a very specific <laughs> mm. thing, but it's like, uh, is it worth confusing this polite old Japanese man? Like, oh, God, and the translators oh, are probably yeah. just like deer in headlights. Like, right. you want me to explain <laughs> you know, the yeah, concept of Strand games? It took too. four minutes to explain uh, the joke, um, have you ever touched fuzzy and get, got dizzy? <laughs> and that would, like that brought everything to a halt, so, let alone Strand Perfect. game. Uh, and we uh, all know what a Strand game is now, right? We're all that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. It's like Thanksgiving. <laughs> Andrew Cantillo says, hey, MinMax crew, the recent Game Awards nominees announcement uh, for Norman Reedus got me thinking of how the nominees are determined and to a larger extent. Oh, yeah. He's just asking if we're involved. Yeah. No, we weren't. Uh, that's why I brought that up earlier. Weren't you listening, Andrew? <laughs> Thank you for your Send support. Your tweets to Jeff Keighley, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Victor Pham, should Google switch to a subscription service for Stadia? According mm. to Jason Schreier, Stadia isn't doing so hot out of the gate, and Google will need to do something drastic to turn things around. I don't think maybe they will turn to a subscription in the future. That seems like a panicked pivot. I think, mm. you know, reviews came out, and a lot of people were like, eh, what's the point of this thing? It's missing <laughs> features, you know? And, I, you know, I'm not trying to defend Google, the biggest company in the world, but at the same time, it's like, it is just like a gross beta period right now. Like, don't 
buy into it, obviously. It, it doesn't feel like it's launched truly, right? It's just a yeah. couple of early adopters are checking it out. Yeah, and you can judge it, and reviews should be up for it, but I don't think the proof is in the pudding for Stadia until... I'd say like later next year, once they have all those features in and they get away from the Founders Edition stuff where it's just as literal as here's a YouTube end screen, click here, yeah. and you can start playing the game. Like that's when I think it could be amazing if it catches on and the tech works. Yeah, I think, I think e- e- I, I, I agree. It's just like the, the proof ha- sort of had to be to some degree in the pudding at this point, which <laughs> mm-hmm. is a weird thing to say. But I mean, if it, if it doesn't succeed <laughs> enough to get to the point where it's sustainable and it's like actually works, then. Right it could fail before it gets a chance to actually do what it wants to do, right? Yeah. So I think at this point, yeah, don't don't enter their ecosystem until they've proven that they can that that they justify their yeah. you know. But it's going to be a year of working out kinks. You know, I can't imagine yeah. that it's failing to the point that they're like pulling the plug, we're not going to go forward with it. Like that would be truly insane. Yeah, well, but that's kind of Google, right? Yes. They do that. Yeah. Yeah. Even Uh, even when some things, some services of theirs are successful, they're just like, ah, we're not going to do this anymore. I don't want to. Yeah. James Smith says, hey, Ben, and the benchmarks? Mm, No. Okay. That doesn't have any min max elements. Okay. What is the biggest indie game ever made? Any game made by an independent studio, I mean, you can decide where to draw the line on indie in terms of funding, scope, and publisher relationship. The biggest indie game ever I know made. the correct answer to this, I also so know the you guys answer. can say it or not. Should we all say it at the same it's time? It's objectively the correct answer. Correct. One, two, two three. Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> what did you say? He Fortnite. said Fortnite. I said Minecraft. And you but said it doesn't Minecraft. Minecraft. But Does it, Fortnite? It, I don't think f- Minecraft counts. It's not indie now. Yeah, it's not indie now. It doesn't, but so, it was so it for was, years and years. So yeah. right before Microsoft sealed that deal, then that was the biggest game. But Microsoft or Minecraft at that level, I think Fortnite is bigger than what, what it was, was did, then. Did he phrase it as successful or the also, biggest Fortnite doesn't game. count? It's biggest. Why not? Because mm. uh, Epic is on, uh, has like a, a stake in, uh, Tencent has a stake in. Yeah, 49%. They're yeah, still but that's, the, that's they're not in, independent though. Yeah, Epic is actually like, an independent studio. Yeah, I just... It feels like semantics. I feel like when we use the term indie, we're talking about like small projects or like where Minecraft was like this small project that mm-hmm. grew. I mean, you're not wrong. Like Epic is an independent you hear that, publisher. Buddy? But like when I hear indie game, I don't think Fortnite. Well, of course not. But technically, like the biggest game made by an independent studio, yeah. independently released, I, I think st- it's Fortnite. I, but I still, I still don't know if, it, if it's bigger than Minecraft. I, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Even I, I think it, like, when it, it was me- indie... I think, yes, it is bigger than what it was then. But you're saying since it's no longer indie, it can't be part of the discussion. I'm saying it. the door slammed shut, and you had to cap it right when Microsoft purchased but it. But that was still already so huge. They it was bought huge. it for $2 billion. Right. It was huge, no doubt about it. Fortnite's bigger. Nah. And I think it's eh. pretty objectively true what I just said. We should move <laughs> on. Uh, witty nickname here says, uh, I've been thinking lately about groupthink among game reviewers, and would like to hear your collective thoughts. This is a great example. When Control released in August, seemingly half of the reviews went out of their way to reference the brutalist architectural style of the oldest house. Despite my near certainty that the game reviewing community is not exactly right with <laughs> architecture buffs, uh, assuming most of these reviews are written at about the same time, how does this happen? Similarly, in the last year, the term biome has ev- invaded essentially every review for any game containing multiple environments. I haven't seen that one. That's interesting. But definitely the brutalist architecture. Yeah, for sure. How do you guys think that happens? Did they plant that seed themselves when they were talking about it in pre-release? And in interviews. Absolutely. The first time we saw it at E3, they used that term. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think one of the reasons, 
I think it's an interesting uh, question for sure. Mm-hmm. I think the reason that that in particular took off is because even though I don't know anything about architecture, when they said brutalist architecture and I looked at that game, like it just made perfect sense to me. Like that, I, that, that word defines what that looks like to me. Because you need some word for it, and here's this term. And yeah. I think there and is it's a the little correct bit... term, right? Yes. Right. But yeah. as somebody who doesn't write reviews, isn't there just a little bit of like, this is a smart term, and I'm going to feel smarter for using this smart term now that I know this word. I want to show it off a little uh, bit. I mean, if it's yeah, accurate, sometimes. like, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, what, 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 is, what is the alternative that everyone has a different descriptor for that kind of architecture that right. muddies the idea of what what it is? I feel like them people using uh, brutalist as a as a term because they were inspired by it. I get that, like, going in depth about it. I I, I understand where kind of the idea that's like oh, everyone is just kind of using the same reference points to, yeah. to talk about the game and a lot of it can be based on marketing right if they brought it up and then then it's totally yeah. fair but it's if, it, if it's a term that catches on that uh, is appropriate and describes it i don't know i don't see the issue and from my understanding though it's not just a word that fits what we're seeing with our eyes but that's like a form of architecture right that's a, that's yeah. an it's actual like term and that's the it's correct not. term like yeah. you, like we don't just say gothic architecture because right. we we think it fits a feeling well no I, yeah but i think what but his larger point is correct that there are times when, when people when, set piece moments yeah you know stuff like that yeah right? or like when interviewers describe their games in a certain way that makes sense yeah it kind of sits in your brain and pe- and people 100%. bring it up. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, turns out brains are fragile things and they're infected by many things. Like I'm sure you've noticed like if you start hanging out with a certain friend more and they keep speaking a certain way or using a phrase, you will adopt that phrase. And I think that absolutely happens within the game industry from reviewers talking to each other, talking to developers doing doing interviews, previews they read, trailers, stuff like that. Like things will absolutely get in your head and even if it's not as direct in your mind, like it is inspired by these things, and it's not like as devious as a developer is going. The game is good. Say it's good, and then they write the review. This is yeah. good, you know. But it absolutely happens, and like it's been really fascinating at Game Informer going on so many cover story trips, and then seeing like previews written about the game after that, or even the reviews, and it's like that phrase I remember them using. That phrase I remember them using. Like it's unconscious, I'd imagine, but like things slip in, yeah, in ways that you wouldn't expect. Sure. I bet the I bet the reviewers don't even remember that, but it's like I remember the developer telling you that exact line, and then you bring it up in the review. Like I got it, I'm on to you, mm. buddy. <laughs> A lot of those. Uh, Chris Culkin says, "Hey, Min Maxers, I was wondering if Jeffum could give us his take on the Midnight Sun episode of the Twilight Zone, since it was mentioned on the Twilight Highlight Zone podcast a few times that he recalled the episode so much." Yeah, which. You guys really screwed me with the Twilight Highlight Zone because I had watched that entire series too and I always liked it and you guys filmed that back at GI. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, okay. But I remember telling you, which I think it was in private, that like if you ever, when you guys get to that episode, you should have me on because oh, that's really? one of my favorite ones. Yeah. <laughs> you love Midnight Sun? All right, what do you recall for the, from the episode Midnight Sun? I mean, it is, it is a creepy concept of the planet is like for some unexplained reason the planet is moving closer to the sun yeah. right and so like the entire earth is going to burn up and everyone's going to die and there's nothing that they can do about paintings it. are melting off yeah. the walls yeah and so it's it's just about a couple characters who are c- grappling with this terrible fate that everyone premise. yeah and so that's really interesting i think they there are some plot points in there where it goes interesting and also disturbing ways 
that probably weren't handled well. Oh, was it like a guy and a girl type of thing? I'm yeah. I remember. Okay. Yes. Um, but anyway, like you're grappling with that the whole episode and it doesn't, it's an effective job of making you think about those concepts. And then at the end, the woman wakes up and she realizes, oh no, that was all a dream. But in reality, the earth is moving farther away and everyone's going to freeze to death. And she has a fever. And that's why she thinks it's getting hotter yeah. in her dream. But it's like, it's, it's a cool episode overall, like especially like the effects of the paintings melting is awesome. That'll mm-hmm. stick with me for sure. But it's just a dumb moment to have her wake up and be like, oh, thank God, it was all a dream. What's this? The earth is moving away from the yeah. sun. Dun, 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 dun. It's yeah. just so stupid. Stupidly awesome. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. I just I just like the idea of a calamity. It's not zombies. It's not you yeah. know, all these other things, but it's like this more scientifically based. I mean, it doesn't actually go into right. any science or anything, but that idea of like, oh yeah, there's nothing we can do about this. We're not advanced enough to deal with this kind of problem or escape it. Yeah. But it works in two two different ways. For which, sure. you know, it needs that Twilight Zone twist at the end. Which... Yeah, it doesn't need it, but sure. <laughs> uh, Justin Griffith says, hey, Ben Hansen and friends, as professional game finishers, I don't know about that. Uh, do you have any, for myself, do you have any tips uh, for someone who has a desire to complete more games but has a really bad habit of bouncing from game to game and never finishing? Can you guys help me with this too? No, none of us are qualified for that. You review games! Yeah, I think we are. No, yeah, but my personal backlog pile of shame is huge yeah like if i'm so i guess the answer is get someone to pay you and force (laughs) you to review a game because then you have to finish it i feel like i have the inverse problem though like i finish every game that i play oh here it is almost when i hate them first with the turkeys and now so so cool but the problem is i don't play as many games throughout the year so like i do have like a a more extensive backlog of games i've just never touched Mm -hmm. oh sure you don't start things out the intention of finishing right gotcha yeah i mean the answer is shedding your completionism and like kind of kicking yourself in the ass and saying, okay, like, I got to push through and yeah. really focus mm-hmm. on the main story in order to yeah. get through. And I need to be okay feeling behind the curve. Because even, like, focusing on Outer Worlds, like, I feel like I've missed out on so many new releases now because yeah. of that, right? It's like, Outer Worlds, that came out years ago. We got to keep moving on. But just, there's so much pressure to stay current, you know, especially yeah. launching Minmax and everything. It'll really stress yeah. you out. And also, don't put that pressure on you if you don't need to. Like, yeah, it's not your job to, like, to play We're everything. kind of in that position, but, like, yeah. play games when you get to them and... But I do I do get to that point. It's important to me because there are times when I stagnate on a game and then I just don't continue playing it and I bounce off of it and I'm like, oh, this is, you know, it's impossible. I'm never going to get through this game. Yeah. I also think, like, I mean, to some degree, you, you shouldn't feel obligated to finish everything. Like, if it's not, like, the only game that I that I didn't finish this year was, like, Judgment and that's just because I completely bounced off of it. And I don't, oh, feel, I don't feel guilty uh, for, like, having not finished it just because, like, if I'm not, if I, if... If when I'm not playing the game, I have no desire to play it mm-hmm. unless I'm being paid to do it. I don't feel guilty about go about like just ignoring it because it's like it's I'm not having fun with it. What's the why? Why would I put myself through, you know, like that to continue to play that game if I don't like it? Like, yeah. Uh, Christopher Reardon, do you think a game streaming service in the future will ever include movies? I could see Sony Pictures including some films with PlayStation Now or Microsoft partnering with a studio to add some video to Game Pass. Mm. I, I could like, see it. I mean, I mean, I feel like the it could be a package deal, but I don't. I think those services will would always be separate. Like if Nintendo, like I could see Sony having a PlayStation View slash PlayStation Now package deal. Hmm. But I think it like well, View's dead, yeah. right? 
Well, like something like it. Let's You've say. Got, okay, okay, gotcha. But I think the idea of here's a client that would that would run both games and movies seems. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we're still kind of far well, away Steam from does that. It, right. Yeah, but even Steam's been backing off films, right? I think they might have stopped doing that overall. I I don't think it'll happen. I think Sony and Microsoft have both tried it and recognized that it didn't work and moved Hmm. away. Because Powers was kind of a flop. Yeah. And they they made a film which was a good documentary about like the ET un- and the, but they just never even like came out they just mm-hmm. sort of abandoned it I just don't I think what, people what, yeah I think people like have a video service that they're happy with whether that's Netflix or whatever and then they have a video game service that they're happy with you know yeah yeah I I think the hard part is I don't like it's a different thing to be making your own content versus giving you other people's content in order to stream it but mm-hmm. I do think from the streaming angle. Like, you have to be making your own content to entice people to sign up. Because otherwise, yeah, we all have Netflix or, you know, Hulu or whatever. Turns out that Sony did release that Gran Turismo documentary. (laughs) Oh, the creative Gran Turismo. Oh, it's Uh, an hour and a half? Yeah, they just just put it up on YouTube, which I completely missed this. How many views does that have? 91,000. How much? 91,000. Great guess. 300,000, actually. Mm -hmm. Not too shabby. Looks well done. Um, Let's see. Uh, Nejin says, hey, Minmaxinistos, what game, movie, or show do you feel so-so about despite people having intensely strong feelings about it? Mm. Mm. I mean, we've talked about this before. I feel a little bit that way about From from games. Like, I just like them okay. But Yeah, but you can't say that because, like, Sekiro is, like, one of your favorite games this year. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's... <laughs> well, but it is, like, with that... I, We're not accepting that answer. Yeah. Come, come up with a different right, come one. Come up with a better one. Sorry. Man. Breaking Bad. Thank you. Oh, really? Uh, not not really. I just never finished it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So once you say just answer the answer. question. Uh, uh, no, I, I like Breaking Bad a lot. I just never finished it. That's all. <laughs> I, I, wow. Uh, I never Hot got... take. I never you got it. For me. An answer. <laughs> well, I mean, like, you can feel... Like, okay, my, my example is The Good Place. Like I, oh, I, okay. I've watched all of you it, but of I, I consistently find that I'm not like a huge fan of its tone. But I'm like, this is kind too of funny. the environment that we're in. Is yeah, that too good. I don't hate the good place. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I wouldn't say it's like when someone says, "Oh, this is one of the greatest shows ever. Like, this sure. is the best show on TV." I'm just like, yeah, right. It just feels like a completely <laughs> dissociative statement of like, I cannot believe you would think that. Yeah. Right. Because that, to me, there 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 happen to be so many issues that I have with the good place that I just find it like that's I don't understand what mindset you'd have to be. You don't to believe think in the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. Truth in story. Exactly. What kind of fantasy have you concocted where people <laughs> continue like being it. conscious after Point. they die? What? Yeah. Uh, my answer is Futurama. Mm. Ooh, so so. I, I, I never, think I'm with you. Yeah. Futurama, to me, it's, let's see, Futurama is to The Simpsons as Disenchanted is to Futurama for other fans. Okay. Got it. Right? Got it. Wait, so you like Disenchanted more? No, no, no. No. I'm apathetic about it in the way that Futurama fans are. I got it. It took me a second. I understand now. (sighs) Edward Bailey says, this is going to sound really random. Perfect. But I promise no one can predict where this email is going. As opposed to researching golems on... (laughs) It's more random than that. That wasn't an email. Kyle's using his hand to block Yeah, I just don't want to see the screen. screen. (laughs) Are we supposed to be guessing what it's going to be? Well, it sounds like it's going to be random. Well, no, but you're you're capable of not looking at this. I think you told me once, Hanson, which I think is really interesting. Oh, thank you. Please, my favorite fact. Do you know what I'm going to say? I know exactly what you're going to say. That it's like the only... 
learned human behavior. I, I don't know. Can you? You know what I'm going to say? No, you, you. No, you said it perfectly. Okay. Moving on. Reading. <laughs> Reading it's is the only the, involuntary behavior, right? It's the only mm. involuntary skill that you learn. Yeah. Yeah. You, if you see something, you can't help but read it once you know Correct. how to read. Yes. That's interesting. I don't know if that, Kyle, that can't be just true, a, right? This is just, yeah, Would you to. read the thing he's about to say, please? Well, he's acting like it's showing the ending <laughs> of Death Stranding here. Just say the thing, please. Edward Bailey says, I desperately need another perspective on this. In the song Wild World by Cat Stevens, <laughs> there is a random fart-like noise <laughs> in the middle of the chorus. The song has over 200 million listeners on Spotify. Sorry, listens on Spotify, and I can't find a single mention of the noise online. Over 2,000 comments on the top YouTube version of the song. Not one person <laughs> mentions this fart. The internet is clearly obsessed with fart noises. In the last few months, three different people have found themselves in the online headlines because of a vague fart sound while broadcasting on TV. So I just think this is insanity that not one person has mentioned this. Play it. So it's Cat Stevens' <laughs> Wild World. Could you please just listen to it and tell me I'm not crazy? Uh, so it's at 152. Okay. So how's this going to work? Can we do we have to keep the can we do we have to like remove the audio from the podcast or something? It'll be fine. I don't think YouTube's algorithm can detect just pure flatulence. Okay. Which is all right. Clearly, what this is. Okay. Okay. I, I was it. so ready to be like, oh no, that's just like a drum or something. Like, <laughs> there's ten and a half million views. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> All right, wait. Yeah, listen closely, man. It's there. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the drop between the. It's him. And it's, it's him being like. Going, ah, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Wow. That is very good. Who wrote that email? Cat Stevens. Oh, Cat, uh, thank you. That yeah. email of the week. Uh, I know we don't do that anymore. Edward but... Bailey. That's incredible. That's I love him searching and just, <laughs> he's acting like he's lost his mind that no one has talked uh -huh. about Is this. Is this a Twilight Zone episode? Yeah. Well, I just watched that Beatles film yesterday. Yeah. Uh, oh, yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Um, where someone wakes up from a coma and no one in the world remembers the Beatles. I feel like that's what Edward's mm. life is like <laughs> about just Cat Stevens farting good. into a microphone. While should, should I watch that, by the way, as a fan of the director um, and a fan of the Beatles? By the way, um, yes. Okay. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. And like any movie like that where it's like that high premise, right? Of like, I oh, love that the, stuff. Yeah. It's very fun. I always just wish it was more subtle. And like the way it starts, I think is beautifully subtle, right? Where he just makes some reference to when I'm 64. And like this friend of his is like, why 64? And he goes, what do you mean? And she goes, but never mind. And then just like move on, right? It's like, I love like those little details, but then it just becomes a little bit over the top where there's a fun scene where he's, well, a lot of the movie where he's trying to remember Beatles songs. So he has like pin up notes about like, okay, this song, I gotta, I remember these words, Eleanor Rigby, mm. something, something, sewing socks, uh, what is it? And uh, so he's trying to remember all these lyrics and all these different songs. And then like he goes to the dentist and the dentist is like, well, I always get by with a little help from my friends. And he's like, oh, of course. And he goes yeah, back okay. home and writes that. But it's like, when's the last time anybody has said that sentence, especially in a world where Beatles don't exist? But I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> on yesterday. <laughs> I'd love it's, to hear. It sets things up in a more interesting way 
because it's not just the Beatles. There are other things that are missing randomly in the oh. world, which I didn't know as part of the plot. That's um, interesting. But are those things missing because the Beatles don't exist? That's are they debatable. Like all connected? Some like spoiler for the beginning of yesterday, uh, the band Oasis doesn't exist. It's like okay, that oh, makes sense, right? Okay. But then there's weird stuff like Coca-Cola doesn't exist. It's like wait, is that connected? And there's oh, I'm going to spoil one other detail that's missing. So it's like towards the end of the movie, and he's been living in this world for like a month and a half or so, uh, and then he just makes some reference to cigarettes, and people are like what? He's like, it took him a month and a half to realize there were no more cigarettes in the world, which hmm. I love that weird detail just on that right. sci-fi level. of just like, yeah, how long would it take you? Cigarettes just did not exist as a concept before you noticed they were gone mm-hmm. if you're not a smoker, right? I uh, want to watch that. Interesting. Yeah. It, uh, you know, at don't some point expect- it feels like you're burying the lead by saying the Beatles is the most important thing that's missing from that world. Right. Because if, if, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a smoker, but it seems like cigarettes would have a larger impact than the Beatles. Well, unless I'm crazy. I don't know. I'm a weirdo. But. Yeah, there's a couple really – there's one thing I really love towards the end, and then there's one thing that I think is like, what are you doing? And I, I even listened to like a spoiler special uh, from Empire Podcast, which I really liked about that movie. And mm. they had Danny Boyle and the writer on and did not ask him like the number one question, which I guess I won't spoil. I did, I did read one article about it. I haven't seen the movie, but – and I wish I could remember the outlet, but they got together a bunch of philosophers and interviewed them and asked them, like, what is the moral choice that you would make in a in a world where this doesn't happen? Oh, interesting. Because he kind of plays the music, you know? And so they're like, yeah. so, like, are you, is depriving the world of Beatles music, you know, right. moral, you know morally gray or whatever? And For sure. It was an interesting conversation. The morally gray album. <laughs> uh, yes. Justin Swart says, while browsing through the Disney Plus library, it brought back many memories of classic Disney video games. What's your favorite Disney video game and why? Well, it's not the best of the bunch. I can vividly recall playing The Rocketeer, a tough 2D NES game. Huh. Um, yeah, I, uh, I went back in Disney Plus and watched the first episode of Gargoyles. Uh, mm. Which is a show I just used to absolutely love, and it's so weird watching something that I have not seen in yet yeah, 22 years at least. And it's like, oh, that's right, Keith David was the main voice, and like just seeing all these things. And, like, I forgot that like the entire first and maybe second episode uh, is like takes place in Scotland in like the 900s or something. It's, like, mm. It tells mm. the origin story of the gargoyles. Gargoyle. It's all it's very important. Hold up. You know, the animation is better than I expected. I think that happens a lot looking at like that certain era of animation, not like some 70s garbage like Spider-Man or something, right? But just like 90s animations. Like, man, they're really good. They're going through the motions here. I remember one episode of that when I was a kid where one of the main characters gets his hand frozen into stone. You know, he's like a human. He reaches through a portal or something and it freezes into stone. And that was just mind blowing as a kid because from that point on, it's like this guy has a stone hand now. And it's like consequences that carry over from in a cartoon, you know, at that age. It was like, oh my God. Man, I'm totally with you. I was just thinking about this the other day too. Like I was so just hangry as the kids say, right? Surreal for like progression (laughs) or a sense of consistency in TV growing up. Yeah. And one of the most satisfying shows that had this was completely unexpected, but it Mash. was... <laughs> yeah, people just kept dying. Uh, no, it was Home Improvement and him building the hot rod in the garage. Mm. Like, the fact that that carried forward in that show of him, him building that blue hot rod that eventually got to the point where they drove it, like, that was so satisfying. Just 
it's you know eventually yeah. probably led to me appreciating RPGs and progression overall, right? But well, it's just so weird. When I mean, we've had those sort of discussions about Dragon Ball, like yeah, yeah, I mean, yes. it on the Dragon Ball podcast, yeah, that's yep. like seeing Vegeta get his like uh, like shoulder pad torn off and then ha- him having it for the rest of the episode and then in the episodes after yeah. that, I was like, whoa! All I yeah. wanted when I was young was just continuous stories. I was so mm. bummed by resets every episode. So yeah, yeah. Like that kind of stuff was yeah. so great. When they just think about that. it though, if home improvement didn't exist, we wouldn't be here right now. That's true. Because I wouldn't have learned all those handy lessons to then create the MinMax Studio. Oh. And you wouldn't know how to drill. Uh, I was going to say the RPG progression led you right, into the game. Right, right. I was thinking that, too. I was thinking that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, they have, do they have that element of the home improvement TV show, but with, like, fun animated characters <laughs> in a post-apocalypse? Yeah. Uh, Maybe uh, they fight God at the end. I don't mm. know. Uh, oh, anyways, Justin Swart, the answer to your question is I love the Darkwing Duck game. Uh, on NES and Game Boy. <laughs> right, we're supposed to answer. Because yeah. <laughs> made by Capcom and like the composers, the Mega Man 3 composer, like the soundtrack to the Darkwing Duck game is awesome. The, the yeah. city song in particular is just, like this cool swinging jazzy song. I remember liking the Aladdin game, but I don't yeah. know if it was good or not. Well, no which, one which one? The I Super was, Nintendo one. That's Because yeah. that was mine. Like that's the one I played a lot. And I was bummed that the, the recent re-release didn't have both the Genesis and the Super mm. Nintendo. Because it has the Genesis and Super Nintendo versions of Lion King. But not the Genesis and Super Nintendo versions of um, mm. Aladdin. Uh, I also crap. liked uh, Mickey Mania. It's not oh, like a great yeah. game, but just conceptually, like going through all the different eras of Mickey, really cool. I, is Super that cool. the one that had him climbing up like a spiral staircase or some sort of tower? Because I, I, have, I have somewhat vivid memories of that. that might be Castle Epic Illusion, Mickey, maybe. the power of two? No, this is, no. This is, this is a little <laughs> okay. bit earlier than that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I was, Mickey Mania was a David Jaffe joint, I think. Is that right? I think that was like one of his first games. Jaffe Joint. <laughs> Jaffe Joint. Which was a failed Disney character. Mm-hmm. Justin Swart wrote in again. You little sob. Well, I guess he supports us, so you got to do. He's our <laughs> boss. Uh, he says, "Hey, the original Xbox came out 18 years ago. Did you hear about this? Uh, November 15th, 2001. Let's take a trip down nostalgia lane for once on this podcast. Finally, uh, what are your favorite gaming memories from the OG Xbox? Hands down, mine are all things Halo." Uh, after mm-hmm. school, split screen action on Hang'em High and Blood Gulch and land parties in college. Just some of my favorite gaming memories. A few buddies and I even won small Halo tournaments on campus that made us feel like kings, nay, gods, I inserted <laughs> into Justin's comment. Um, yeah, I mean, Halo is just, it has to be. Because I remember, yeah. like, right when the system launched, a friend of mine went over to another friend's house and then was regaling me with stories of Halo and it's like oh it's kind of like time splitters there's a level where you're like in the snow outside and we just like drove the cars around I was like okay this does sound pretty good but he's describing like Sidewinder which is like one, ultimately one of my least favorite maps <laughs> from Halo 1 uh, but yeah like the land parties with Halo 1 was yeah, a I had peak a Xbox game permanent like two TVs two Xboxes set up huh. in my house yeah uh, I have a really weird one because uh, I never owned an, an original Xbox, but I have a friend who did, and so he'd bring it over all the time. And his was modded, so mm-hmm. he had like a bunch of games on it. And at one point, he did lend me like Ninja Gaiden, and that's like the Xbox game for me. But one time, he he brought over his Xbox, which had a bunch of games. He, he had like a bunch of the Dead or Alive, but he also had a bunch of David Lynch movies on it. Oh, <laughs> and okay. so we watched Eraserhead and Rabbits oh, on the same weird. night at like. Two in the morning. Oh my god, that sounds and horrifying. It was like but... the weirdest rabbit because I'd never, I'd never even heard of David Lynch at this point. So it was like watching those two films back to back. Like I woke up the next morning, like, what did that even actually happen? <laughs> oh was god. that a dream that I had? Uh... And it was like the weirdest night that I, I think I, I had when I was a kid. It was just like, and I, and 
you know, he left the Xbox there overnight, and I was like, I need to make sure that those movies are still on that thing because I feel like it was like it this just weird freaked cr- you out that much. Yeah. yeah. Well, like I'd never seen anything like it. I was just like, yeah. I, this doesn't make any sense. And like, I, I mean, I, like in retrospect now, like Rabbits is maybe my favorite Lynch thing, but like. <laughs> It's so weird to see, like for that to randomly like yeah we're gonna play some Dead or Alive we play some Halo we play some Ninja Gaiden let's watch a David Lynch movie that's yeah, cool yeah. they come oh, pre-installed these things I don't yeah, know yeah it's, it's like a hundred games one of them's David one it of them's is, Eraserhead I guess it's weird to maybe now associate Eraserhead with like the that, original Xbox that logo like that like weird logo that yep. comes up where yeah. it's all like industrial mm. with the goo in there like. That could be black and white and insert it into a racer head, I <laughs> yeah. feel like, and it wouldn't feel out of place. <laughs> Beep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was a. Uh, I mean, it was always weird talking about modded stuff and ROMs, I guess, at Game Informer, but I guess we can talk about it now, right? Like, I take it back. Like, I think beyond even Halo 1, which I played the hell out of on the original Xbox, like, the original Xbox is just defined as, like, the king of piracy in my life. Like, so many of my friends had modded Xboxes and, like, going through that's where i played so many old games like everything from the snes mm-hmm. nes you know genesis library stuff like that it was just that's where i fell in love with crew crew corinne mm. that game boy advance spinning stick was just having this save states load states on that original mm. modded xbox i probably still have i think that xbox down there is an old modded xbox you know it's just like that is just that, that was my game head on it yeah. what's that does it have that xbox exclusive game yeah i don't know head? how to delete it <laughs> Uh, I'm not a terrible person who is also a criminal. Right. Yeah. But my it was most, I associated with criminals. I wasn't yes. criminal. It, it was mostly <laughs> Halo, but then the uh, Ninja Gaiden I played a ton of, and oh, specifically Black, yeah. I played the original NES trilogy of the Ninja Gaiden games more than I played the actual because they were in that package. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. I forgot. You that. could get them, and I played through them. Just an absurd number of times because I also had like a normal TV in my yeah. room, so I would have something on in the background and just play through those, and that's where the Ninja Guy and Super Replay came from. Is that right? From yep. the Xbox? Yes. How weird. Also, I was lying earlier because I also modded my Xbox. Ah! So, yeah. <laughs> everyone did it. Yeah. Soft mod or hard mod guy? It was soft. Yeah. Okay. That which is why everyone did it, right? Because you mm-hmm. didn't have to open up the system or anything. It was like a save file thing. But. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Westcott says, "Hey, Min Max crew, for decades it felt like." Uh, brand was perceived as the primary indicator of a game's quality, i.e., that's a Bioware game. However, mm. as teams and talent splintered and proliferated across the industry, those old reputations have become less accurate. In a wonderful change, we're seeing more and more individual artists recognized for their contributions to successful projects. Industry superstars have emerged like Hideo Kojima, Amy Hennig, Ken Levine. Rest in peace, Ken. Uh, <laughs> remember when that guy was in the gaming industry? Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to the new game, though. Uh, whose careers? We can watch and, sorry, whose careers yeah. we can watch and track between games. <laughs> sorry. Right there, buddy. It's just reading's hard. Whose careers we can watch and track between games as a premonition of quality. Sure, there have always been industry legends like Miyamoto and John Carmack, but recognition of individuals over brands seems like a more universal thing these days. When did the general gaming public truly start recognizing the talents of individual game creators over brands? Kyle? Kyle. Yeah, since you... <laughs> uh, for me, I really started recognizing specific uh, creators when God of War came out because David Jaffe was so in your face and had a blog and was all over the special features for that game. What, did it start with the special features on that first game, though? I think I just... 
because he is a charismatic person who even in magazine interviews like stood out as someone who had big ideas like mm-hmm. he was like very much like I don't know why this game hadn't ex- yeah I mean honestly but like I was like I don't know why this this game doesn't exist already and he was really like adamant about it so that was the first time that I noticed a name specifically you loved uh, his Valentine's Day advice is that oh uh, yeah Hanson's pulling up some fun stuff here no, no, go on. Uh, but uh, that was I'm, all I'm saying is like that's when I started saying like, oh, there's specific people, people behind these, these games. I'm mm-hmm. going to start paying attention to the names more. And that's when I, you know, like learned Corey Barlog's name for God of War 2 yeah. and Tim Schafer for Double Fine stuff. For sure. And I think a like, lot of it comes you know, from like video interviews, right? Just like the rise of online coverage. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, it's like, okay, seeing Tim Schafer's name, obviously when his name's on the box, that helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. David Cage was also one of those ones mm. where it was an early person's name coming out well yeah because he literally <laughs> kicks off heavy rain uh not heavy rain um indigo prophecy mm-hmm. like when you hit start on indigo prophecy he's like hello i'm, I'm David, sorry i'm david cage <laughs> i really love the matrix yeah mm. my uh so i think the first like i mean besides miyamoto because like miyamoto never felt like oh he's the guy who made all your favorite games he just felt like he's the walt disney of video yeah. games mm-hmm. he's nintendo he, he yeah. is like somehow the spawn of all the games right like so i never was like oh what's he gonna do next i think shinji mikami was like the first oh, name that I wow. heard when I read about because like the first thing I the first piece of game media besides like oh I, my friend just bought this game and I'm going to play it too was like reading an issue of Nintendo Power with Resident Evil 4 on the cover so I was like they mentioned Shinji Mikami as like no he's the guy behind he's like the guy who's doing the work on this one and I was like oh Shinji well Shinji Mikami he knows he knows good game design and then like I think immediately after that was um uh Suda51, because, like, I think this was, a, like, several years later because they were talking about No More Heroes and they reviewed it and they reviewed it pretty highly and said it was, like, the first time I'd read a review that wasn't just, like, oh, the game is good. It was – they had, like, a part of the review was, like, no, we should be supporting games like this because they are so weird. And hmm. he said, like, yeah, Suda's, like, one of these visionary creators that has produced games like Killer7. And then, like um, – and so that was, like, the first time I was like, oh, yeah, he, I guess this guy must be important, so I should follow his work as well. Right, right. But, yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. but Shinji Mikami was, like, the first guy that, that it's, like, he is a prominent game designer in a sense that I can understand in the same way that, mm-hmm. like, George Lucas made Star Wars. Shinji Mikami made Resident Evil. I'm trying to think. I mean, there's a chance. <laughs> Like, name developers, like, there's a chance it's Kojima, even in 98, right, with yep. Metal Gear, where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this is a name I know. I'm trying to I think. Mean, when, like, when I'm fighting Psycho Mantis and it says Hideo, right. I thought it said Hido. Yeah. Like, I didn't know how to pronounce it. I thought it was the word hide, and I was like, am I supposed mm. to hide? Is this a hide? Which, to be fair, could be a name of a character that Hideo Yeah. When you first heard of Kojima, did you call him Hideo? Because you thought Hideo rhymed with video? Yeah. Like I did? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. that prompted me to look him up, is what I'm saying. Oh, like, look up that name and figure out what was happening there. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. There's a dude. Speaking of looking up uh, people, um, Kyle, I need you to know that David Jaffe's still around and kicking. Oh, and just I, yeah, do- I know. Mm, He's ki- saying stuff out there. Making Killing it on Twitch and, uh, and YouTube. Uh, I always sent this. YouTube video. This oh, is David boy. Jaffe's official YouTube channel, which is rivaling. I like how you're trying to disown yourself up. I was sent this. This happened to me. Yeah, I it's from some this. deviant that also mods their Xbox. This is just yeah. a YouTube pullout that's on his official channel, just called "Women, Poop, <laughs> and Sex," <laughs> and it's about so how he does training. Right? That's right. Uh, he just doesn't like poop. He's not into it. Mm. All right. That's so, why. That's he and that's like why you Island. love him so much, Kyle. I didn't say I love him. I said that uh-huh. he's the first name that stood out to me yeah, as being super cool, and I want to be just like him when I grow up. God, calling and, all cars was just a masterpiece. Yeah. It's really what ultimately I'm getting at. 
Chris Bartlett has a oldie but a goodie that several people wrote in with saying, in mm. honor of last week's biggest releases, what is your favorite Pokemon? I have kind of a weird one in Shuckle. So Shuckle. I was pleasantly surprised that the first clothing store I found in Pokemon Shield sold a shirt with Shuckle. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you start like, it. okay, everybody get ready to this. Shuckle. Shuckle. <laughs> Everyone shut up. It's, it's a good name. Shuckle. The password is Shuckle. <laughs> just a hor- it cuts to a contestant, just a horrified look on their face. What is Shuckle? Uh, <laughs> Do I see Shuckle? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, for me it's Tangela because that was the first Pokemon card I got. Tangela? Tangela is wise. <laughs> Tangela. Say. Uh, I have a lot of it's. I have a lot of affection for Klefki. Because I played through X and Y, and I had the I was reviewing it, and I had the benefit of seeing Klefki before mm-hmm. he was revealed like publicly. Yeah, and I was yeah, just he was like, based on your keys, right? That's you dropped right. in like Game Freaks <laughs> from the, yeah. oh, Let us write that down. Those but key I just parties you always go mm-hmm. to. Yeah, of course, they, they hold it Game Freak in the mm-hmm. different rooms mm-hmm. that they have the different yeah. meters. But uh, you put, just you gave them their name. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Klefki. Just because he's so freaking weird. Yeah. Mine, well, great. Mine was Squirtle, which you can all make fun of me for that now. Uh, no, seems like a good noble choice. Key party Squirtle. Yeah. Kyle, remember that time you lost your keys? Yeah, it still haunts me. Do you, do you think those keys are still in the office? No, I you don't. lost your keys in the office? Yeah, no, I don't know. He lost his car key. I lost my car which keys. Which is like $800 or something. It, it was very expensive what? for me to replace the fob. Yeah, Yeah, because they're the new fobs. All of them cost like that. Yeah. That's why really? I, won't, I won't get a new car. Yeah, you I'm still drive that truck gonna... from 1978. Yes. Yeah, but uh, Serial, I still think about that every few months. <laughs> I, I'm not, you know, I haven't lost a lot of keys in my life, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know where that could have those keys could have possibly. If done. you know, please write in <laughs> yeah. to podcast at gamerformer.com or simply just get in contact. <laughs> he got transformed into a Pokemon. Pokemon, game. Pokemon. Yeah, uh, I like Arcanine. Thank you. Moving forward, <laughs> Nanook writes in and says, uh, "Of the North, let's find out." says, hey, I just watched the most recent Jeopardy tournament of champions and as usual was so impressed by the effortless way in, in which Alex Trebek hosts the show, especially as he battles pancreatic cancer. Is he the greatest game show host of all time? Did you guys see that clip, by the way, where somebody yeah. wrote like, what, yeah. like, thank you, Alex Trebek like, or something? Like basically intentionally lost the game to say a nice thing to Alex Trebek, right? Like, I thought they just wrote that as their name. They like thanked Alex Trebek. No, it was like the final Jeopardy. They like bet. Their answer for the final answer was, thank you, Alex Trebek. Oh, really? And, and Alex and, got choked up. Yeah, and I That's got so choked sweet. up because it was yeah. super sweet. Yeah. yeah. He's good. There's no doubt he's good. It's I like I, He doesn't talk about it a lot, but every now and then you'll see like an interview where he talks about how he focuses like specifically on the game, like how important it is to play the game properly to him and like keep the emphasis on the questions and the players and like separate himself from the process, which hmm. I think is really interesting. And I, I like how thoughtful he is about yeah. you know, how he approaches what is, you know, you would think maybe, you'd think maybe it's an easy job, but, like, I'm sure it's, like, incredibly difficult to, like, yeah. manage all that information and mm-hmm. read all those questions. Yeah, he should have double-checked his facts with that Tetris question a while ago. <laughs> he said that they're all named pieces, but, hey, that's fine. <laughs> Everything's, you know, things got to slip through. Yeah. You posed that question to us just, who do you think is the best gaming host without yeah. the lead-in? And I was thinking about it for a long time because, like, most hosts are kind of skeezy and weird you know mm-hmm. like i thought like bob barker did it well no i'm not i'm not gonna call out bob barker <laughs> by the but way then, how long's he got a week <laughs> on this still great earth yes he is really it's got to be within two he's months he's still alive you're telling yes. me 
Absolutely. Oh boy, this pot, it's going to be tomorrow in this podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> Absolutely. We're not going to kill Bob Barker, are we? Well, I mean, the YouTube, the, this, the YouTube video can just end in memory of Bob Barker, <laughs> right? Uh, he's 95 years old. Wow. wow. Years young. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, well, good for him. But uh, <laughs> finally, I was like, oh, right, of course. It's Alex Trebek. Yes, yeah. it's got to be Alex. Yeah, I, I definitely would give it up uh, for Alex. But there's a part of me, in terms of just like... That's not who I thought you were going to say. Well, I'm going to go Jeff Probst. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Jeff Probst does such... <laughs> Sorry, just pulling up. This is the downside of having a lifetime. It's just a bunch of old, scary <laughs> Bob Parker pictures. <laughs> um, but Jeff Probst on Survivor. Survivor is still, I sincerely argue, one of the greatest TV shows of all time and certainly one of the greatest TV shows that's still on today now that Game of Thrones is done. And certainly ruined our, you know, television landscape and put Trump in the presidency. I do think that's true. I, do, I sincerely <laughs> yeah, do think that's honestly, true. Yeah. But... Um, as far as Trump goes, not ruined television landscape oh, okay, sure, in sure. general. Because um, I still think, like, Survivor still has, there's a lot of qualms. There's a million qualifiers in this. But it's still, it's amazing how much dignity that show has for being so important in the year 2000. Like, it should have gone off the rails and jumped the shark so long ago. But the fact that, like, yeah, they're sticking to Fiji. But, like, overall, sticking to the same game because it is, it is just, you know social politics the game and it's endlessly fascinating and probes does such a good job and especially during some you know intense moments or controversial moments like this last week's episode was a whole um, insane can of worms and like he navigates those prickly moments really well um so hats off to jeff probes. well i'll take your word for it long may in memory of jeff probes <laughs> <laughs> Corey says, your conversation regarding Serial's weight loss, congrats on that accomplishment. I did it. Thank you. <laughs> Do you keep that weight around? Or you just don't have it anymore? Uh, yeah, I have it in a closet It cost them $800. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's my weight and I'm going to keep it. <laughs> the government can't take it from me. It made me think about the food drink habits of video gamers. Is the gamer culture diet as bad as it sometimes sounds? Um, I spend a lot of time in a variety of artistic circles and feel, at least with some stereotypes, can often be spot on. Almost all fine art tends to love its wine and aged cheese. Club music loves burger and beers. Movie culture is similar with popcorn, candy, and soda. Yeah, absolutely. If you love movies, you consist mainly <laughs> on popcorn. Um, but sometimes it sounds like gamers live on an exclusive diet of energy drinks and junk food aimed at children. What do you think? Is that a bad rap? Is it pretty accurate? Is it a health problem the broader community rarely talks about? It is interesting because I think a lot of that stereotype just comes from the fact that those are the companies that sponsor stuff. Yeah. So we do marketing. we do have that idea of like, oh, everybody eats Doritos. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, they're the ones who paid a to, you know, have their stuff hawked originally. Mm -hmm. And then you have stuff like uh What's her name from Overwatch eating chips, you know, because that has become yeah. a meme of Diva, itself. Yeah. And so yeah, but like, so just I, I would, but, I would hmm. assume that people aren't actually like that. Like, we have the good uh, eats section where it's like, they're all gamers and they, the Discord. they like actual human <laughs> food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I do wonder though, and it could be like a little bit of the chicken, the egg thing, right? But if you look at like average amount of Mountain Dew consumed in the United States, and then you look at people who play games more than five hours a week. And you see what that average amount do. I mean, I, th I think it'd probably be higher. Maybe it's just overall demographics, though. Like just yeah. younger, yeah, male skewed yeah, demographics it's the, will it's have the more thing as well. You know? <clears throat> but yeah, I think there's something to it. But it's largely, I think, the marketing, right? 
It's yeah, like, I, th- I think the perception of that diet is may- maybe larger than the like evidence behind it, but I can see some correlation there. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Robinson, this one's for Kyle. Mm. Don't let him look at this because it's a spoiler. Close my eyes. Um, how old were your daughters when they started taking an interest Plural. in gaming? My daughter is one years old. When you're old, and all I can think about is when she'll be old enough for the two of us to play games together. Mm. Whenever my nephew comes around, we play Untitled Goose Game and Snipper Clips. How old? I guess it was Pokemon this week. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I, she's not, she was not really into games um, until recently. Like, <laughs> it's funny because this is funny to me. Uh, <laughs> my wife and uh, my daughter are playing Pokemon together, and they're having a lot of fun. And I'm just kind of watching. That's great. And they played Luigi's Mansion together, and they're having a lot of fun. That's great. Mm-hmm. But the game that weirdly my kid got into with me was Hello Neighbor. Right. And that game's not good. But <laughs> she loved it. And game. also creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It's creepy and it wasn't fun to play. It was just like it controlled poorly. I had to watch like a full walkthrough of the game to even understand how to do it. And it's like I had to play this garbage game with my kid because she was having a great time and I was like and spending time with her. Because it was like a jump scare thing or what? It's like jump scares and like really obtuse puzzles that barely make sense oh, that no. controls poorly. And then it's like I was like well we played it together and that was fun. It was a bad game but we had a good time and then I like look, look over and my wife's getting to play like Luigi's Mansion 3 co-op oh, and Pokemon and it's like uh, but like 5 is the answer 5 is the answer yeah there it is what is your what, I mean part of me feels like the, the the Hello Neighbor thing came from watching YouTube but I don't know if your daughter that is, is like it. there is a she doesn't watch YouTube but there's a Disney Channel guy named Parker Plays who is like a video game YouTuber but on the Disney Channel oh okay and he played it and that's why she wanted to play it mm. so yeah that's it, it is it is a YouTuber game like it is a game right. with jump scares so after that you you, you turned that channel off and said you are not allowed to watch this guy because he will recommend you bad games. That's right. Interesting. He said, watch the game for show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, actually, don't watch that. For the rest of your life where I will be working. <laughs> uh, Nora, friend of the show, writes in and says, as one of the 7.4% of MinMax listeners you mentioned last episode, by the way, this is just for YouTube analytics. Is it 7.4? 7.4. That's higher, uh, than, that's higher than I thought it would be. But okay. Nope. Wait, what are you What's talking the metric? about? I, I, thought you me- I thought you mentioned it was 1% at one point. Certain videos, probably. Oh, were. okay. Anyways, let's get to the point. Oh, As one okay, of the okay. 7.4% of MinMax listeners you mentioned last episode, I wanted to write in to agree with Kyle's wife. She's totally on point in saying the best thing for diversifying your audience is to diversify your lineup. Uh, this is about, you know, women mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. show. Uh, one of the main reasons that got me... One of the main things that got me to the Giant Beast cast was when Abby Russell joined the team. It's not to say I didn't enjoy Giant Bomb stuff before that, but by bringing a woman into the room, it showed a commitment on their part to getting diverse perspectives on the show. It also made me feel like there was someone for me to identify with as a new listener getting started with their huge backlog of content. Yeah, it's a good entry. I actually get that. Uh, well, it was awesome to have a female friend of the show on the stream last week. It would be especially awesome to see women in the min-max mix, oh boy, uh, who are <laughs> in the games industry, not to mention others who aren't as well represented. Uh, very true. Huge fan of the show and stream so far it's great to see you guys off on this independent venture and support a resoundingly midwestern voice in the games media landscape Mm. yeah nora has a great point uh it is absolutely something we're thinking a lot about and i know a lot of people have opinions on it in the discord uh some one way some the other like some people naturally like ah just don't like shoehorn in some new voice if it's just like for the sake of diversity and i i hear that but at the same time you know we're going to have people on the show that we like hanging out with and that are smart and can add to the mm-hmm. MinMax community overall. And it would be absolutely nice to diversify the lineup a little bit. And, like, it was just amazing reading so many emails for the Game Informer show that were sent in because so many emails were sent in that were, like, 
oh, thank God for like Elise and Kim on the show. Like I love hearing from their perspective. And it was a lot of women that were just like, oh, it's just this life raft. Like, thank God mm -hmm. I can connect to this person on the show. Because, yeah, I imagine it's very annoying to listen to more guys talk about video games again and again yeah. and again. And yeah. There's that idea, that shoehorn idea betrays the fact that there are like these people are out there there are plenty of people <laughs> right. who have lots of opinions and it's very diverse it's just they're not getting the opportunity to talk about it right and we right. certainly want to facilitate that unfortunately our corporate overlords will not let us have <laughs> yes. universe on the show. No. yes absolutely in the near future for sure uh nora you're welcome to come home and start that age mythology show as well um if you're interested um ben pilokzinski says what's up min maxers yo hey Look at this theme. Hi. Last week, Dan Reichert, MinMax superfan. I don't think that's true, but his wife is very hey, sweet. Hey, he's a Patreon supporter. He's a superfan as much as anyone else. There we go. There we go. He's our boss, too. Uh, showed off his vast knowledge of wrestling, which brought me to my question. What's something that you guys have a crazy amount of knowledge about beyond video games that people may not know about? For example, my roommate uh, can tell you everything about Star Wars from all the previous Legends stuff to the new canon stuff. Or for myself, I know quite a bit about the current continuity of the DC Comics universe. Mm. The Flash being one of my favorite superheroes. Mm. Hey. Not familiar. Not familiar. No, no, no. Okay, something you guys know a lot about outside of video games. <laughs> Board games. Board games. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Just the, That's your absurd answer? amount, yes. Yeah. Absurd amount? Yeah. I spent more time spoiler i guess or i don't know what it is but the, like like the past the past couple of years i spent more time probably on board game geek than i did game informer really yeah what like and i can tell you that because you know like google when you pull up a blank screen on chrome it yeah. it lists in the order of popularity of like how many times you frequently go to places so it's like game informer google search for ugly toes and then board game geek no, Board Game Geek was Number first, one. then Number Ugly one. Toes, then Game <laughs> yes. Okay, all right, got it backwards. Got it. Uh, all right, does anybody else have any answers? Anybody else um, smart in anything? I, I, I it's Dragon Ball for both of you guys, right? Well, yeah, that, well, I don't, I don't know. know. That yeah. That We're count? just fans. We're not experts, though. But yeah. I, one thing I really obsess about is, like, uh, film directors. Like, I'm oh, always yeah. tracking them and watching them. I watch credits and, like, internalize names. Hello, neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh... Yeah, I just I like to know directors. I like to know what they're working on. I like to, I'm, yeah, just I like yeah. directors. There yeah. it is. Grizzled Gaming. Now that you guys aren't beholden to a nine to five, to a corporate nine to five god, I'm curious what a typical day looks like for each of you. Mm. Well, I start up. I take the morning train. Um, I guess that's a nine to five joke. Um, <laughs> so, for me, yeah, it's different. Like I still like to wake up. Early-ish. I've actually been waking up earlier than I would for Game Informers. Game Informer would always set my alarm for 8.47 a.m. And now Why it's like 8.47 a.m.? I don't know, because I like doing odd numbers for things. And then okay. usually I stroll into the Game Informer office around 10. Whereas here, like, you know, I'll be I'll be cruising by by 9 or, or 8.30. Um, and then it's probably checking Patreon, checking emails, seeing if there's any fires to put out. There rarely are any fires to put out. And then it's a matter of looking at my phone and seeing, oh, my min-max to-do note on my phone. What what things can I check off today? Plan the content that we're working on that day. You know, it varies quite a bit now, right? But what about for you guys? Jeff, when we know that you just sit around with your <laughs> Play hand Star in your waistband. Wars in one sitting. With my what? Hand in your waistband like oh, Al okay. Bundy? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear where my hand was going, but waistband is a fine answer. <laughs> Kyle. Uh, me. Uh, so I wake up early to get the kid to school. 
Um, so it's like I'm usually like 8.30 is kind of like when my day starts because she's at school. And then uh, usually for the first couple hours in the morning, I'm applying to jobs and looking oh, for jobs. How's that going? What's uh, that like? I don't know. I haven't gotten a lot of feedback lately, honestly. It gives me <laughs> a lot of uh, really awful anxiety that wakes me up early in the morning um, <clears throat> to not have consistent what, uh, What's the proper timeline for bothering a person again about a thing that you uh, sent yep, them earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I want to wait in the afternoon where they might be looking mm. at their email? What's yeah. your percentage of Minnesota-based stuff versus stuff uh, in I would Oh, I, I mean, it's a hugely leaning Minnesota because like, yeah. I want to stay in Minnesota. Um, but then at usually at, uh, at a, and, you know, I clean up a little bit and do things around the house uh, along with that. And then at 11, I stream for an hour which is like I, I've talked to Serial about this too because you stream as well but mm. like when I became suddenly unemployed I it was less about like trying to stream to like become an influencer and make money it was more like I just want a scheduled video game thing mm-hmm. that's public facing that I can do yeah. almost every day and, what's yeah. your... and you just became rich and an influencer yes. along the way yeah. right. that's why right. I'm still so anxious about not yeah. having consistent income. and what's that uh, Twitch uh, Kyle impersonator which is maybe it was a bad name when I picked it. I thought it was very funny a couple of years ago. And then after that, it's like working on freelance stuff, you know, more jobby type stuff, and then picking up the kid and hanging out with the family after that. So yeah, yeah, and then playing Hello Neighbor. That's, yeah, that sounds beautiful. Honestly, that was like a big part of my day for a while. <laughs> yeah, so really you want to answer that question? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm doing some part-time work that I don't know if I can talk about. I actually have, I have no clue. But uh, <laughs> I actually wake up earlier than I do than I did when I went to Game Informer. Also. Yeah. Uh, so I'll do that for a while, and then I'll like I've been, I've just been watching uh, you know a Dota major this week. So it's a lot of staying up pretty late because they're on China time, and so like the first matches start at like eight p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it is like working on you know some freelance articles, and then figuring out things like you know being in the in the min max Slack channel, things like that. Just. Um, trying to keep up with different slacks and stuff. Yeah, so. people saying, let's plan min snacks, let's plan min <laughs> snacks, yeah. <laughs> Which we're doing. Yeah. We're going to be about it after this. Yeah. Um, let's see. Ooh, speaking of which, Scott Hebert. Hebert. Says, yo, Min Max, I was listening to the podcast. Can we, can we make a tier where, like, if you pay 12 bucks a month, you, you Hanson will make fun of your name oh, or something? Oh, we'll like, make fun won't. of it? Yeah. yeah, or won't. You choose. Um, uh, I was listening to the podcast while making some mac and cheese one day. Rather than use butter, I added a slice of American cheese, a spoon or two of salsa, and a dollop of sriracha. It's pretty damn good nacho mac and cheese. What are some ways you change up typical recipes or unusual ways you order food at a restaurant? Mm. 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 On the mac and cheese front, this is... I have the dumbest tongue on planet Earth, and I will argue that um, to the end of time. But, like, on the mac and cheese front, I don't make it anymore. But in college, my standard would always be mix some peas in. So peas with those mac and cheese, and then you crumple up saltines on top of that. And that's like a good, <laughs> good custom. Was like a an of- alien <laughs> who's posing as a, like you have a human skin suit on, and you're like, this is what, <laughs> what human beings eat. No, no, no. I was just eating mac and cheese. You're yeah. describing that thing that Rachel made in that episode of Friends where she was trying to make a dessert, but the recipe page ripped, so she started adding like meat, meat and yeah. peas. And oh, stuff really? To it. Yeah, oh, basically. that's funny. Are you okay? Holy I'm cow. Rachel okay. Say- <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one where mm-hmm. I was a human? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have any custom recipes? I really liked that joke. All right. That was good. Good good friends knowledge we can put in there. Do you have a recipe? <laughs> no, that's why I'm vamping. Yeah. Great. Mine is usually trying to get out fewer carbs out of stuff. Mm. No, that's not a fun answer. But So your meals just look like the meal stuff, and hook? You know, like... 
macaroni and cheese, for instance, which yeah. is all carbs, so it doesn't count. <laughs> but I use almond milk instead of normal milk. Yeah. Totally can't tell the difference. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Go so. for it. For sure. I had my mind blown recently. Uh, my girlfriend made this delicious dish. Uh, how, how did she make it? She went like this. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, and I'm going to blow it. Spaghetti squash? You familiar with yeah. this? What the hell is Zoodles, going on? Zoodles, they call it. What is it? Zoodles? Well, that's if you use zucchini. It was some sort too. of contraption, vegetable gourd, and then it was just like a bowl of spaghetti with salsa and delicious stuff mm-hmm. in there, but it's like, oh no, there aren't spaghettis, it's just you take a fork to the inside of the squash and then it turns into spaghetti. <laughs> as far as I can figure, it blew my mind. Well, it like uh, spiralizes it Yeah, out, right? Okay. And it tastes good. Like, why would you ever eat noodles again? That's true. Just, I've done that too. That would have been a much better answer, but I didn't think of it at the time. Did you take a bite and you're like, you know what this needs? Handful of peas. And I some, love and peas. And some saltines. Absolutely. Another healthy one? Yeah. Instead of doing scrambled eggs, you do scrambled tofu. And mm. you really can't tell the difference. Shut up. Well, I mean, you can tell the difference, but it's still very good. Because, like, really? when, when I make scrambled eggs, I usually add, like, tomato and onions and mushrooms and stuff like yeah. that. And so you just add all of those same things, but you use tofu. But that sounds great, but, like, eggs are pretty good for you overall, like, unless your cholesterol is off the charts. like Yeah, my are, cholesterol is off the charts. Is that right? Yes. Well, you had your... <laughs> Year of pizza. It has always been off the charts, and so that is why. Oh, interesting. I've you also a couple, of, a couple of years ago. I, I still have yet to try this, which is embarrassing because I was so intrigued by it. But a couple of years ago, you mentioned the sort of tofu idea again, but using um, taco seasoning and using tofu yes. instead of ground beef. That is another good answer that I could not good think answer, of. Good answer. Good yet. answer. <laughs> you just told me like four years ago. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's an even better one because yeah, when you eat a taco, it's all the taco seasoning is what you're tasting mostly. Right. You don't think like, hmm, this is beef and that's important so you just put cardboard in there realistically yeah yeah uh, or tofu because huh. tofu as a as a food just Tofu's. sucks up whatever other flavors that you're putting into it so. what is tofu it's soybean is that right yes i'll be damned hans kleinenberg does everybody know that hans kleinenberg no did everybody know that tofu oh. is soybeans oh, i didn't know no sorry no okay so i'm not an idiot thank you uh hans kleinenberg says when looking towards the distant future one or two or maybe five years on the road you see yourself doing more serious content at minmax like no clips documentary series hmm. um yes i would love to do that i definitely see like a a phase two uh on the horizon of uh incorporating more developers doing more documentary format style stuff what are you doing kyle where it's like I am fidgety. Are you so tired? I'm like, I'm like finding all these different positions He's to sit. It. My shoulders mm-hmm. are hurting. Yeah. It's a visual podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm, but I'm sorry if it's distracting, but I, I, I do move around a lot. That's fine. And I'm uncomfortable uh, lately. But uh, I, there is a larger documentary, not to tease things too much, uh, that at some point I want to launch at MinMax that's like 60% done right now that I was working on before Game Informer, which is confusing. And so like, I don't, but I, I, I want to launch it, but at the same time, like, it's a weird precedent to set unless we're doing more documentaries, kind of like, basically, I think it's going to be a bit of a podcast documentary. Um, so that'll be at some point in the near future. But yeah, I definitely would love to do more documentary pieces and, and fly around a little bit more and, and visit studios and stuff like that. That'd be really fun. Um, and then he says, uh, would Jeff, Kyle, or Serial maybe like to do more of that content as well in the future? Yeah, for Specifically sure. Specifically serious, more sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I like fun videos. I like being silly. Like that's my it's that's what I enjoy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah, I'm, I always like having serious discussions about games for sure. Yeah, 
or other stuff other than games too. Oh yeah, like, very fun. There's like plenty of ugly toes. Other options. That's right. Yes, like <laughs> ugly toes. That's the serious tone we're going for. <laughs> tone. Tom Blackburn says, being located in Minnesota, how do you plan to get guests to come on the show other than Game Informer folks? Oh crap. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. the flaw. Oh, well, I mean, we have this heater <laughs> yeah, that exactly. will ensure As that you're spiders. not cold. As of this Friday, uh, I will have all the cables I need to Skype folks in, and hopefully it'll sound oh, cool. good. You could just stuff, use so. Discord. I feel like that's been easier for me. But... Yeah, yeah, either, right? Oh, okay. However, however we do it, um, but just yeah. to have plug remote guests, things. so that'll be, that'll be nice. Um, let's see. Aaron Walt says, long time, first time. What are the odds of us getting a weekly show where you guys play older games, you know, kind of replay them, and then maybe sometimes you guys do a long play, kind of like a super replay of them? I know it sounds weird. Here's an idea. <laughs> maybe yearly play a really bad game around the first of the year. Again, that falls in the thing of, like, I don't want to do replay. You know, I don't want to just I mean, the do... Let's Play format is pretty standard. Oh, I would love to do Let's Plays at some point, you know, yeah. but, like, I don't want to be as direct as, like, here's our okay. replay competitor or anything, but, yeah, obviously doing We're gonna more Let's Plays. We're going to play an old, bad game, yeah. Kinda. That said, I have, I literally just ordered an old, bad game off Amazon that mm-hmm. I want to play in some way, shape, or form here. So, so things in that vein, but not as direct as that. Um... Oh, okay. You got it, Stud Muffin. He says, game time. This one is called Meet in the Middle. Kyle, you know this game well. Playing with four people is hard mode, so good luck. Everyone thinks of a random word and says it on the count of three. Then you have to think to yourself, where Mm. do these words intersect or meet in the middle? And then that's (laughs) your next word. Everyone says it on the count of three. Wait, what do you mean by meet in the middle? So if, uh, let's see, I say hot, Jeffem says mountain, then we go one, two, three. Volcano. volcano. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, we got to figure it out with kinda, our mind powers. You sort of do it a little rapid fire, right? You don't have to. Okay. We can really take our sweet time. Four is going to be hard. The hardest part of this game is coming up with a random word. <laughs> no, is that okay? So everyone starts with a random word. Okay. Oh, it's a very good game, by the way. I I went back and listened when I was stuck in a car for two and a half hours with Yu Suzuki, by the way, on that Shemu trip. Mm. Ben Reeves and I played this game, so Yu oh, Suzuki really? had to listen to us be like Tarantino, just over and over again. <laughs> That's and he's how good is his English? Was he just like you guys were just a little bit? I'm sure he was confused about what was going on. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Mm. I'm struggling. Right? Just pick <laughs> just a random pick a word. word. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Right. I have one. So it's one, two, three, word. Right? Yes. Let's okay. do it that way. Ready, Cereal? One, one two, two, three, three car. Sign. Wait, what? What was your dog? Eggs. Dog, eggs, car. stop sign, and car. Dog, eggs. <laughs> Not okay. as bad as I thought. Um, <sighs> you really dog, screwed us with the eggs. eggs. Mm. Car okay. stop sign. Dog okay. eggs car stop sign. Okay. 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 One, two, two three. three. Break. Oh, break. You said break? Yeah. Like a like a break in a car. It worked both ways. Leash. Accident. House. <laughs> break leash accident house. <laughs> break. Break. <laughs> Leash. Oh no! <laughs> That's like walking a dog outside. Accident. Stop signs. House. Break. Leash. Break. Leash. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did we win? Uh, like, what no, is going no, on? We're, now? Trying we're to thinking. Put, yeah, I'm we're ready. We're thinking I of think. the next word that would type. Yeah. Yeah. These yeah. new words. This is hard for people. A break. Leash. Accident. House. Okay. 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 Uh, uh, One, two, three. Fire. Okay, so noose, fire, stop, 
said noose. I don't know. You, you said noose? I didn't have a good word. Wait, did you also say noose? Yeah. We both said noose. That's weird. That's super. We All right, we're out there. <laughs> it's just okay. you two. We're not doing better than that. So what did you say? I said stop. Stop, and I said fire. Yeah, we got it. Okay. How do you not have <laughs> Kyle? Okay, I think I got stop it. Stop and fire. Okay, okay, okay. One, One two, two, three, water. <laughs> what did you say, Jeff? Red. Red. I said water. Now we're screwed. <laughs> red water. Okay. Stop I got one. Fire are both red. Ah, okay. Red so really. red and water. Red and water. Okay. Yeah. 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 Got we got one? it. This I don't time. know. Right. Let's see. One, one, two, three. Wine. God. <laughs> Get some culture in your life, Kyle. Okay. Wine and Kool Aid. Yeah. I think. I think we might. Do you guys no. have a perfect like, word? I feel like we have one here. Yeah. Okay. You ready? One, one two, two, three. Hobo. <laughs> Red. Well, Red. You, it's, it's, you're not supposed to repeat. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't go back. Okay, so hobo and what? Drink. Uh, drink. Hobo and wine. Hobo and drink. Drinks. Okay, hobo okay, and drink. There's a pretty good word for this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we gosh. got this. One, two, two three. Liquor. Alcoholic. <laughs> now we're screwed. Alcoholic and liquor. I feel like those are close enough. No, no they no, are no, not, No, it has to sir. be the same word. Okay, okay think okay. of an alcoholic liquor then. I, don't, I, I have a word. I don't know if we're going to be on the same page, but... One, one two, two, three, three bottle. Beer. Okay. okay. Beer and bottle. Okay. okay. No. We're, we're just going to endlessly orbit hey, each other. On, then, we hey, will, then we will orbit you forever. You guys are like Joker and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Dibs on Batman. Uh, okay, so beer and bottle... Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty cozy. Just <laughs> the easiest, easiest thing we gotta, we gotta go with. Yeah, dude. The easiest thing. You say it too, because you know it. Yeah, I we all know it. Don't yeah. know it. One, One two, two, three, three nine nine. <laughs> What did you say? 99. 99? Oh, okay. yeah. of beer on the wall. Yeah, you, said, that's what, good. you said glass. glass. I said Coors because I was like trying to think of the most broad <laughs> brand of beer. Wouldn't it be Bud Light? Yeah. <laughs> see, I don't know. I was someone. They, I was put on the spot. Stop talking. Start thinking. Glass and Coors? <laughs> <laughs> so screwed. It's never going to end. Oh, and we can't glass. reuse words, no. right? Glass yep. and Coors. Okay. Uh, Sure. Got it. Three, two, one. Liquor drink. store? I've used drink he before. He used drink. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, now what do we do? Now, just do it again. Use two different... Come up with two different words for, for that prompt. For Coors and... Glass. 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 <laughs> His rules are very clear. Um... <laughs> All right. Ready? No. We just got to push through it, and we'll have two new words yeah, to go yeah, off okay, of, okay, and okay, hopefully it's better. One, three, two, two one, recycle. <laughs> Even the counting, you guys you, aren't on the same page. What did you say, Bob? Oh, my God. I said suds. Suds? Okay. Yeah, like beer. Okay, when you said, pour it into a glass, it makes suds. Okay. I was thinking like soap suds. Duh. Okay. And suds. I said recycle. I don't know. Recycle and suds. Yeah. Those Hang on. Suds? Yeah. Like head on a beer is called suds? Yeah. No, Look it up. I don't think I've heard that before. Okay, are we doing one, two, three, or three, two, one? <laughs> so, what are your words, suds, and what else? Recycle. Jeez. You know, I I thought recycle earlier, for yeah? when we were at 
some other stupid words. Okay, okay so suds, which now no one yeah, the internet knows says that's you're a wrong. word. Yeah, I, I, I thought you're I think looking at. I think to so. be fair, I was looking up ugly toes. You got me. <laughs> I was okay. like, like well, when you, you say suds, I think so. Suds and recycle. Okay. You ready? Three, Three two, two, one, clean. Clean, Come is, on. clean is such a better... Come on. Okay. Clean, clean and, and clean? paper. Okay. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay. Ready? Three, Three two, one, paper towel. towel. Sure. Okay. You can't say paper oh. when, it, when it's well, already one know. of the words. Towel. We got Towel's there. like, yeah, we did it. I think, I feel like Jeff and I won. You guys <laughs> really are in sync. <laughs> so much. Oh my God. When we started, it was off. Yes, it was like a bad This ricochet. needs to be like a min-max group exercise. <laughs> It'd be really if fun to play If you donate with... $15 a month, uh -huh. we will play this game yeah. forever it's in an exclusive video. Just us playing it. Forever. It's at least an hour of content every <laughs> yeah. week because then, it takes us that just, long. And then people can give us their own prompts. Up. You know, they can give us the random words. Okay. All right. Real quick then. Dakota Salmarinian. Salmarin. Salmarin. Mandalorian says, hey, Max crew, here's a quick game for you guys. I'll listen to an actor followed by some games. You have to guess what game they were in. Okay. <clears throat> Christopher Walken. Ooh. Was he in Mafia 3? San Andreas. Or True Crime Streets of L.A. True Crime Streets of San L.A. San Andreas. He was in True Crime Streets of L.A. Mm. He was George, apparently. Oh, that I remember that. character, George. Mm, let's see. A lot of these are a little bit easy. Mm. Um, Burt Reynolds. Vice uh, City. Saints Row wow. 3. Way to go. Vice oh. City, correct. He was Avery Car Carrington. Um, yeah. Snoop Dogg. True Tech Crime Streets of New York. Streets of L.A. Oh, L.A. Apparently. Oh, you played it. Snoop Dogg. Way to go. Again, thank you to everybody that left a comment on the Patreon post. I'm sorry this episode's going long. As always, let's wrap things up with get a load of this. All right, Sergio Vasquez, take it away, sir. Oh, okay. I didn't know I was going to go first. Um, so we were talking about the Game Awards earlier. I remember. And uh, you, might, you might be aware that one of the categories... Uh, is that you can nominate... So here's a tweet from Twitter Gaming. Uh, spicy takes, dank memes, amazing clips. It all happens on Twitter. Vote for this year's <laughs> Gaming Tweet of the Year nominees right here. Tweet of the Year. Tweet of the Year. I'm going to vote right so now. So if you tap on their link, it's a promoted link, uh, you get a video, and then you you start a DM conversation with at the Game Awards. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you can you can... Uh, the message that you get is, welcome to the official hashtag the Game Awards voting. Vote for the Gaming Tweet of the Year and get ready for the live show, whatever. Uh, by voting, you will receive updates on the show. Tap Fire Gaming Tweet of the Year below. So it's like it becomes this choose-your-own-adventure game. So you can click on... Choose-your-own-fire tweet. You can you can either say Fire Gaming Tweet of the Year, frequently ask questions, or manage my updates. So I, I, I just tweeted them, uh, gaming, year of the t uh, gaming Tweet of the Year. What do you think was the <laughs> most fire the gaming tweet of the year on Twitter? And so they just give you like... Celsius Goose slash Zelda tweet. Steph Casks Final Fantasy Seven Eris They don't tweet. list the tweet. They don't tell you the you know this right. fire mm -hmm. At Cat, Cat, Cat Cosplay Cyberpunk tweet. YT Sunny's Mario Maker tweet. Cherzinga Streamer tweet. Oh, so yeah. I, okay, which one? Uh, uh, sight, sight unseen, which of those concepts sounds the best to you? 
Um, the last one by a mile. Jerzinga streamer tweet. All right, Absolutely. so you click that. I just tweeted to them at Jerzinga streamer tweet. That was like the text of my text to them. Oh. So then I immediately get back Jerzinga streamer tweet, and they send me a photo of it. Uh, now that I voted for it, I can see what it is. Uh-huh. So it says uh, how people think gamer girls game versus how we actually game. So there's one. There, I don't know if you've seen this one because it is one of the fire gaming tweets of the year. <laughs> so there's there's two photos of a lady. One of them is she is playing in her house and she is like wearing like a tank top and shorts and is sitting in a gamer chair and playing a PC game. Uh-huh. And that that is implied to be how people think gamer gamer uh-huh. girls game. Uh-huh. And on the other picture, yeah. she is uh, in a hoodie instead of a tank top. And she is kind of like leaning with her like feet, her legs kind of like perched on top of the chair, uh-huh. right? And she's wearing a hoodie, and there's um, she's kind of like her hair is all tussled because her hood is super covered up because apparently uh-huh. she's very cold. Uh, <laughs> so that's the, the one that I just voted for. That's dank fire, man. That's yeah. really cool. so yeah, I can confirm fire. my vote or go back. And if I choose to go back, I'm giving once again the options. <laughs> this so, is a new segment. It's called Serial <laughs> Narrates the Internet. <laughs> Uh, so you so can it's just for the stupid system for choosing the fire yes, of the year? Yes, that I think is very, okay. it's a very dumb, weird, choose your own vote thing right, that right, you can have right. at, the, at the Game Awards account. Don't yeah. do um, it. Unfortunately, Cyril, you did you failed because you didn't start it out by saying, get a load of this! <laughs> yeah, buddy! Okay, I am always terrified about this because... I like everyone I follow on social media is just talking about politics angrily all the time. Right. And I don't want to bring that crap in here. This is a safe haven. Yeah. I'm not going to say safe space because that's also political. So we're not <laughs> going to go there. Uh, so I didn't have anything. But then yesterday, an angel descended from the heavens yeah. with a remarkable tweet. It's a comedian. You may know him. He sometimes performs on the street. Oh, no. He says. Went fishing the other day. Don't read this. I still feel like a novice baiter, definitely not a master baiter. Wait, why are you laughing? I swear I'm not a master baiter. From Benjamin Reeves. From Ben Reeves. Reeves. See, this is why How many likes I love enough? and I'm constantly frustrated by Ben Reeves. He's like, you know what? Master ba- How old were you when yes, you first that connected? is why it is a get a load of this. Because we all... Figured out that joke when we were like six years old. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and he he just and I think he is a very funny person. Yeah. Like, genuinely a very funny person. Yes. But there are these some blind spots, I guess, in there. Yes. He, he is the least he funny on his Twitter joke. account. But yes. he gets the beautiful umbrella of is it intentionally lame? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the world may never know. <laughs> Folks, the replies didn't think so. <laughs> Uh, one person said sigh, dot, dot, dot. Right, Another well. said low-hanging fruit, dot, dot, Ooh, dot. Oh, fire tweet of the year. And <laughs> oh, Ben, and then a gif of Fozzie at the microphone just going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That yes, sounds good. But that sounds good. We love you, Ben. We love you, Ben, oh, but dearly. pick it up. No more Master Bader jokes, please. <laughs> Jesus. Or That's just... like if I went to, like, a hunting lodge in northern Minnesota, there would be a hat that made a masturbator joke that had been there for 17 years. <laughs> but he, yes. Okay, so here's here's my theory. Do you think he was intentionally uh, trying to, <laughs> let's say, bait people no. into... Get, no, you, you don't, he's, so you, he's not a masturbator. Yeah, he's, he's, okay. <laughs> we did Kyle, it! Uh, why are you laughing? <laughs> 
He's bringing us mirth. Uh, so this is uh, this is actually a tweet that my wife showed me. Speaking of timely jokes mm-hmm. that we figured out a long time ago, uh, from Kate Gray, who uh, writes for Kotaku, I guess, occasionally. Um, I'm not super familiar with her, but she has this really obvious tweet. about It's another Game Award-related one. Uh, nominating studios for being outside of the traditional publisher system in the same breath as listing their publishers is a very big sign that maybe we need to figure out once and for all what indie means. Which I think is a really good point. Oh, sure. Because they have this the Independent Game Award, and that's the definition. For outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside of the traditional uh, publisher system, but every single game lists that's like nominated lists right. a developer and a publisher, and it's just kind of that like, is interesting. It's like it's just it's just weird. It's like I know indie is like this weird definition that even we were kind of it's like Fortnite. struggling with earlier. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. Fortnite, but like. Maybe change that name or just change the definition to not include the word. So publisher? no indie game can have a publisher now. Is that well, your... well no, I mean, I, I think it's just defining it as like these games work outside of the publisher system. It's right, like well, right, just right. take that part of it off because right. they have publishers. You yeah, know? that is really confusing. Oh, anyway, That's thank you, Kate Gray. Hey, so I was playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order the other day, and mm-hmm. I started thinking, how long until a droid uses the Force in Star Wars? And get a load of this. Apparently, it's already happened. Um, first of all, I found several forums debating a very fun concept about whether or not R2-D2 has the Force, which is a very fun idea. And that's why all these coincidences keep happening around R2 is he's actually using the Force to make all these things happen. Mm. Which Is is and, this like a, a bigger Luke theory where it just happens to be a series of coincidences that people are That could be, together? but look, R2's what? been surrounded by a lot of coincidences. Yeah, are you going to tell us? Like, uh, well, no, example? because that's not the point. The point <laughs> is that in 1999, there was a comic book written by Peter David, uh, Star Wars Tales, that starred... Skippy the Jedi droid. <laughs> and okay. the tale goes so a little so something good. like this. Um, one day, R5 removed his restraining bolt with the Force. And Force persuaded the Gamorrean guards to let him leave. Skippy wandered the desert for days in search of his destiny until finally he was picked up by a Jawa sandcrawler. There he had visions of Darth Vader and Princess Leia and met R2-D2 and C-3PO. Eventually the sandcrawler stopped, took all the droids out, and lined them up side by side in front of Owen Lars and Luke Skywalker. Skippy immediately sensed the force in Luke and persuaded Owen to choose him. Skippy was ecstatic that at the undoubtedly undoubtable destiny that lay before him and Luke together. However, R5 soon envisioned that without Luke, stormtroopers would come and take R2 back to Vader, where he would be destroyed and Leia would be killed, leading to a chain reaction of horror that would include the rebellion being destroyed. R5's memory being wiped after 3PO refuses to translate his rubbish and Luke dying on Tatooine without ever fulfilling his destiny. R5 knew what he had to do and suddenly set off a mild explosion inside himself, leading Luke to believe that he had a busted motivator. Skippy then used the force on 3PO, telling Luke to buy R2 instead. Owen did so. So this was a comic book in 1999 that R5, that stupid red Mm -hmm. droid, just all built around... Turning that into like a pivotal butterfly effect yes. moment. They had the force and he used it to kill himself, so he choose R2. Well, set off a little explosion. I set guess, off right? a little explosion, yeah. but he's not in good shape so, after that. I but mean, like, in terms of just like a franchise like 
mining the most it can mm, out of original films mm-hmm, and then just mm-hmm. going way too far. Turning R5 into a Jedi a droid <laughs> yeah. is really... The a... first example of a robot dro- uh, robot with the Force. Right. Yes. There are other examples as well, by the way, that have, have popped up, but not in the official canon now, so, as far as I'm aware. You all grew up with this franchise, and it's near and dear to your heart. <laughs> okay. All right. No, it's really good start. Don't know. Disc Skippy. But just to be clear, so that was extended universe stuff? That was, That was, yeah. like, has now been... That has now been... It's a Legend. People yeah. tell the legend of the time Skippy. that R5 Sorry, well, cool. had a bunch Someone of published that. Yes, yes. Proudly. And by the way, I followed that writer and found what he's doing now, and he's just posting a bunch of blogs about the impeachment. So if you want to follow <laughs> the writer, <laughs> no, my next trick. <laughs> Which one of these guys is a Jedi? Ah, that's it. Uh, sorry this episode went long. Uh, thanks for all the support. Um, so far on this adventure, uh, there's a lot of exciting things to come. Obviously, we're going to have uh, game of the year deliberations. We're going to have community meetups. Um, what form that takes for the fusion of the two, we're still figuring out those details, but we think we have a good roadmap, roadmap that should be fun for everybody. Um, so, again, patreon.com slash minmax2ends. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> Goddamn, wow. very exciting. That was like Thanks a QTE. So <laughs> on top of that. Uh, Thursday morning, we will have um, uh, reactions to the Half-Life reveal yeah. and maybe some other uh, bonus things as well. I want to make a walkthrough of the studio. So if you're a techie, I'll show you uh, some of the fun things going on here uh, at the MinMax studio, which... Uh, will probably just involve spiders crawling over camera lenses. So please look forward to that. Uh, All right. Until next week, everybody. uh, Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Let's go.